Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Tuesday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is J.J. Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Brooks Childress and Ryan Lavoy inside the studio. We are set to talk all things Auburn athletics and things going on in the wide world of sports. What a busy show we've got planned for you today. Kevin Ives, Justin Hokinson, Britt Bowen all set to join the program. Before we get into any of that, I want to know how the guys are doing. Brooks, how are you? Doing great. Uh, first time on the show this week, so it is a it was a phenomenal weekend for me. Uh, got to go to the Friday night baseball game, Auburn versus South Carolina. Great performance this weekend by Auburn baseball. Can't wait to talk about that with uh, Kevin Ives, and uh, can't wait to talk about that with our callers. Braves, kind of a disappointing weekend, dropping two out of three to the fish, but uh, still looking for that first series win. They'll try to do it this week as they take on the Cubs starting tonight. Jason Hayward makes his return to Truist Field. I guess his first, he's never played at Truist Park as a Brave, so... Uh, but he returns to face the Braves once again, and so that'll be really, really fun. And then, of course, uh, still in the midst of NBA playoff action. We had some fun games last night uh, to consume, and then some fun games coming up tonight as well. So can't wait to talk about all that. Can't wait to talk to all of our callers this afternoon. Ryan, we heard from you yesterday. How are you today? I'm still doing well, and, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be with you guys. And had a fun show yesterday. Got to talk to Eric McDade and Smitty Grider, and uh, we will have another slew of guests yeah. today. And uh, yeah, we've got to talk a lot of things. Still, Auburn baseball, you got uh, constant news right now uh, with the NBA and their playoffs, and uh, and, and really just a, a slew of injuries now uh, and guys missing games, which we don't love. But also, got to talk baseball. And, and then, yeah, as Brooks said, we didn't talk a lot of. Auburn baseball yesterday, but man, they've uh, they've had a big series weekend or series sweep this past weekend, and really just a big week overall, winning five in a row. I mean, I know the midweek games aren't the same level of competition as SEC play, but that doesn't mean you're immune from losing them. And some teams lose their midweek games anyway. You know, Alabama, for instance, lost to UAB twice in the midweek this year. So anytime you're playing in state team and and someone you know with Auburn playing JSU coming up. You always got to be mindful of those games, and they still count all the same. So uh, really good weekend or week from, from Auburn last week. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it all with, with Kevin and and uh, preview our Sports Call Player of the Week as yeah. well. They had the five consecutive home games this past week that were all wins, which meant a lot of trips to the parking deck for Kevin Ives. So excited to uh, chat with him to see how that went. Auburn has now won six consecutive games. If you count the final game of the Mississippi State Series where Bryson Ware threw the runner out at home plate as the game came to a close. So six straight for Auburn, and they take on Jacksonville State a little bit later this evening where Auburn will be on the road. You can listen to that game beginning at 545 on FM Talk 93. 
3.9. All right, as we continue to move forward, uh, Kevin Ives will be a guest at 3.30. The player of the week is coming back here because it is a Tuesday. We'll have Justin Hokinson from On3Sports and AuburnLive.com, a part of the program at 4.30. Britt Bowen will be in studio at 5.15 talking about the Auburn softball team as they're getting set for a big weekend coming up against Georgia. And then we'll have your nightly TV guide at the tail end of the show. So a lot of things for us to sit here and uh, chat about here on the weekend. Brooks, we talked a good bit of yesterday's show at the start about uh, the trip to Talladega that Ryan Lavoie went on and the race that took place. You've been to Talladega before. Uh, what did you think of this year's festivities? Uh, I thought it was a fun race. I, I will admit I didn't watch uh, much of it live, um, but... <clears throat> You're yeah. a YouTube highlights guy, though. I do. You, I you do. stay I, up to speed. I, I went up and I, you know, I watched the... Uh, Literally and figured it <laughs> I, uh, I I got caught up on everything that happened. It was a fun fun race. I saw a lot of the a um, lot of the social medias around the boulevard up there. It's a lot of uh, people having a really really fun time as they always do at Talladega. And yeah, it was it was a fun fun race. Ross Chastain, huge uh, huge win on the weekend. Got a last lap victory uh, at Talladega, and he's uh, he's one of the rising stars of the sport. And so. We'll see what happens when they go to uh, their their next race. I think Dover this weekend. So a big change of pace. Or you go from uh, the biggest track on the circuit no to a, a mile uh, race track there with um, uh, uh, Dover, and you're going to a different uh, racing surface. You're going from you know mainly asphalt to a lot of concrete up there at Dover, and so. Really, really look, uh, fun race this past weekend in Talladega, and can't wait for them to be back in the fall. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 888 9 As all of our sports call callers and guests, join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. You can visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Let's talk about the uh, world of sports and the NBA playoffs, obviously, in full swing. A really good conversation about them yesterday with Eric McDade, State Farm, and then a couple of games uh, were underway last night, Ryan. We had the Boston Celtics officially sweep the Brooklyn Nets. We saw the Toronto Raptors get back within a uh, one-game deficit of the Philadelphia 76ers. Raptors winning in Game 5, and then a very, very non-competitive game being played between Dallas and Utah there as uh, Dallas took the 3-2 uh, edge. Yeah, there's been something each night in the NBA, whether it be an injury, a really close game, or an upset that has been intriguing. I mean, each and every day. And and last night, it was a couple of things. One was, yeah, the, the Nets did, in fact, get swept. Again, surprised they got swept. Thought Boston would probably win the series in seven so I anticipate it being a really good back-and-forth series, and it just never came to fruition, and Brooklyn had its issues. And, and so just not shocked that, that Boston won, but that very surprised Brooklyn couldn't even scratch out a game. Um, the Utah game was surprising just from the standpoint of they just got destroyed, and that, that you know now they've got to win two in a row. And uh, I think Eric talked a little bit about it yesterday, and I agree that if they if they lose this series, they only make it the second round. They're they're going to have to change the shape of their roster because they've been mired in this first second round type of team for four or five years now, and, and they've really not showed any signs of progress. And so that's going to be interesting. And then that that Philadelphia game, you know, I had praised Philly on the show a little bit yesterday. 
Uh, but this Embiid thumb injury seems to be affecting him a little bit, uh, taking a little bit of his aggression away, his perimeter shot away. And then, I mean, you're looking at a situation now where they've lost two in a row, goes back to Toronto for game six, and a 3-0 has never happened. But if Toronto can get this game on their home court, Look, anything can happen in a game seven, and James Harden has continued to be um, not very good in the postseason, and, and that's really been emphasized this year. He's not shooting the ball well at all, and, and it, a lot of it's been left up to Embiid. And, and again, Embiid might not be, is, is not 100% because they think there's ligament damage in that thumb. He's just playing through it. So they, they lose Matisse Thybul, who is not eligible to play in Canada due to COVID restrictions there. And so they lose a defender in that game for game six. And yeah, it's it's um it's closing in on panic time. If if they lose that game, it's big time panic time to lose three in a row. So anyway, I think that's all interesting. You got the news a little bit ago. Jimmy Butler won't play game five tonight for the Heat against the Hawks. So that might give an opening for Atlanta, although it is still in Miami. So yeah, I mean each and every night, and and that was just all the stuff that happened last night. But uh, there's there's a, a lot of storylines with really each and every series. Uh, so far in this postseason. Brooks, you mentioned Braves and Cubs a little bit later tonight, but talking more about the NBA playoffs on this Tuesday. Pelicans and Suns, Game 5, Series tied 2-2. Grizzlies and T-Wolves, Game 5, Series tied 2-2. And then the big one, Hawks and Heat, Game 5, Heat leading 3-1. No Jimmy Butler, no Kyle Lowry for the Atlanta Hawks, and they're trying to get back in, uh, in, in State Farm Arena to play Game 6. Yeah, a, a lot of good Game 5s coming up. Um, as Ryan was talking about it, it was kind of surprising. You know, you look at the NBA playoffs as a whole, kind of surprising the Nets didn't get at least a game. It kind of felt, though, after that Game 2 win for Boston, you, you kind of felt like it was going, you know, it was going to be over. But I, you, you thought that maybe Brooklyn could get, get something together. I think it's, you know, it's a big statement. I know it, everyone's talked about it, that, uh, but that protesters have spent more time on the court than <laughs> Ben Simmons did this postseason. Wow. Um, but you, you just have to wonder what, what's going to happen now with, with that Nets team because they've got so much talent. There's, there's, you've got Kevin Durant, you've got Kyrie Irving, and then maybe you've got Ben Simmons. But with those, at least those two, you started out the year with James Harden on that team with Kyrie uh, and Kevin and you've had two first round exits and both and you, I saw a graphic earlier both teams that were favored the top two favorites to win the NBA playoffs this year one missed the playoffs altogether the Lakers the other was bounced in the first round straight sweep uh was the Nets and so it's just you, you wonder what's going to happen with that Nets team now going forward and, and I'll tell you what looking at tonight uh I, I still think Phoenix is going to end up winning the series, but I think it shows you that Devin Booker is a bigger factor than you than a lot of people may have thought he was with that Phoenix t- uh, team, where uh, you know New Orleans has got them two two, and they they've got a chance to make some noise if they can continue to play like they have the uh, first four games. Let's take our first commercial break of today's program. When we return, we'll talk more here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, birthdays and sports, and more straight ahead. Tiger, 95.9. Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
Welcome back into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. JJ Jackson here inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Ryan Lavoy. We hope that you're doing well on this Tuesday. Hit us up Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SportsCallAU. If you get the opportunity to leave us a five star rating and review on the Apple Podcast platform, we certainly appreciate that. It's a big help when we get all those awesome reviews about our podcast, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right, we do this each and every day, but before we move forward, let's make sure we take this opportunity today to celebrate some of those great birthdays in sports. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, birthdays in sports here today on this April 26th on this Tuesday. Aaron Judge is turning 30 years old. He's an outfielder for the New York Yankees. Judge, who played college baseball for Fresno State, was selected by the Yankees in the first round of the 2013 MLB Draft. He was called up in 2016 and hit a homer in his first major league at bat. He was voted Rookie of the Year in 2017. He's a three-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA, two-time Silver Slugger, and one-time Defensive Player of the Year. Aaron Judge, now turning 30 years old, playing for the Bronx Bombers. And uh, what does John Sterling always say when Aaron Judge goes yard? All right. It's Judgment Day. That's awesome. Now, hopefully, unlike uh, what he said last week, hopefully he can wait till the ball exits the ballpark before right. he gets the home run call. 83 years old, Mr. John Sterling. But we do appreciate him still doing the, the, the Yankees radio. Yeah, he's 53 years older than Aaron Judge, who is celebrating his 30th birthday today. Cole Beasley is turning 33. Cole Beasley played college football at SMU where he had almost 3,000 receiving yards over his career to go with 14 touchdowns. Let's go he Mustangs. went undrafted in 2012 and signed with the Dallas Cowboys. He broke his way into the starting lineup and landed with the Bills in 2019. He was a second-team All-Pro wide receiver in 2020. Cole Beasley turns 33. He's okay. He's Whoa. good. Plays for the Bills. Oh, okay. I was going to say, why, why not the... Uh... The fanfare for Beasley. No, I got you. He plays for the Bills. He was good with the Cowboys. I liked him with the Cowboys. He's still good. <laughs> Even though he Bills. had a better year of Buffalo. He's, He's like, still yeah. good with the Bills. I just don't <laughs> like him as much. He, uh, Another person celebrating their 33rd birthday. How about Melvin Ingram? Melvin Ingram is turning 33, a free agent defensive end. Ingram attended South Carolina, and in 2011, he helped the Gamecocks win an SEC East championship USC. and was named an All-American. He was taken by the Chargers 18th overall in 2012 and made three consecutive Pro Bowls from 2017 to 2019. Melvin Ingram turns 33 years old. Happy birthday. Did you say USC? Yeah. But he went to South Carolina? Yeah, University of South Carolina. They call themselves USC. It's not the real USC. Just threw us all off. I just well, think, I, I thought you'd say go Gamecocks. I was, but he he followed up with uh, he he said Gamecocks in the in the description, so I didn't uh, want to immediately say go Gamecocks right after he said Gamecocks. Come on, JJ, set him up better for success. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brooks. Please <laughs> forgive me. Uh, all right, one more for you. Turning 25 years old today, Mo Wagner, a center for the Orlando Magic. Wagner played college basketball or started playing basketball in Berlin. Excuse me. He moved to America to play at the University of Michigan as a junior in 2018. He had a breakout season, winning Big Ten Tournament MVP and leading the Wolverines all the way to the national championship game. He was selected 25th overall by the Lakers in 2018. Mo Wagner is turning 25 years old. He's still, again, 
I mean, we, we just all we needed was just a little breath, you know. I mean, and I didn't give enough yeah, time. Yeah, to, yeah, he barely got in. Go um, big blue, my fault. Uh, Mo Wagner also plays on the like Magic me. with his brother Franz. Yeah, so that's pretty cool that both of them get a chance to play Franz in the Mo. NBA together. Uh, Aaron Judge, Cole Beasley, Melvin Ingram, Mo Wagner, all celebrating their birthdays today. It's our birthdays in sports. If it's your birthday, happy birthday to you. We certainly appreciate you listening. To Albert's first and Albert's favorite sports talk show on your birthday. Coming up in just a little bit, Kevin Ives from Plainsman Parking Lot will be on our program. And Auburn, six consecutive wins, including five last week, all games played at Plainsman Park. They now get set for a really tough test this weekend, taking on Tennessee. Arkansas is still on the schedule for the Tigers. They've got a lot of games left to be played, but still, you've got to be thrilled with the position that Auburn baseball is at. Taking care of business. That was the most important thing that Butch Thompson told us last week. you got to take care of business. People want to look ahead to the bigger games on the schedule, and Auburn did just that. Yeah, I just hate that they did take care of business, winning all five last week. And I know that South Carolina is not a tournament-bound team, it doesn't appear. But I hate that they had such a good weekend, got absolutely zero reward for it at the polls because, you know, the difference in number 13 and number 8, it's really not that much. I mean, you're going – or number 9, I should say, because, you know, you still would only host a regional. You – you know, it, it's just it, – there's there's really not much discernible difference if you were saying the difference from, like, 9 to 13. But the difference in 19 and 16 is huge because 16 is that last regional host. And so Auburn's trying to get to that magical number. And we know that there's still a committee, so it's not just, like, one poll pollsters 1 through 16 – but that difference is very important for what they're trying to do. And, you know, it's it's not even about the quality of team you play because, look, if you're – I want to break the news. If you're the worst regional host, if you're number 16, the number 17 team in the country will be the two seed because they kind of try and – if it makes sense geographically, they try to make sense of putting teams – uh, seed-wise, how they'd work out if you were doing a big tournament just like they are. So you're going to have a top team be – or a top two seed be in with you if you are the 16. So it's not even about the the type of team you play as the two seed or that sort of thing. It's just simply about being able to be the home team. Uh, you do get a little bit of advantage in the first game because you get to play the four seed, so you play a little bit of a weaker team to start off with, but just having a home crowd and that sort of thing. So it's huge to host your regional, and I hate Auburn didn't move up, but look, they're going to, as you said, play really highly ranked teams. If they can win those series, surely then they would move up. Tell me about these series a little bit. They've got Tennessee, of course, and then they're going to take on the uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks. They've got the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Kentucky Wildcats. So Tennessee and Kentucky, your series on the road. And then consecutively, Auburn will play six consecutive SEC games at Plainsman Park, three with the Arkansas Razorbacks, and then three with the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Brooks, that if Auburn wins one out of three against Tennessee – they might move up higher than they did for sweeping <laughs> South Carolina. I mean, that, that's a huge series, right? We've been talking about that off air, and we'd feel great if I was just competitive in all three the way Tennessee's playing. Yeah, I mean, they go down to Florida this past weekend and sweep the Gators for the first time. The first time any SEC team has swept at Florida since, like, 2004 or something, I think the stat was. So 
it's going to be a big test this week. And I think I, I agree. I think if you're just competitive with Tennessee, I don't think you fall. Even if you get swept, if you're competitive with Tennessee, I don't think Auburn falls that much in the rankings. If you can take one, they're definitely not falling. And they, you know, it makes no sense. But you may even move up a couple spots depending on how teams in front of you do, like you said, Ryan, because Tennessee is just that good this year. You you want, you look at how they play baseball, um, and it is just – they're they're a really good baseball club. I don't think we've seen a, a team like this Tennessee team uh, that's come around in a while. Arkansas, there's, there's a, they started off rough uh, to start the year. They had some tough competition, but they've really picked it up here down the stretch. So if you can take uh, one of if you could take one of three from Tennessee, and then come back against Arkansas, and I would say at minimum take one out of three. Even though it's home, you'd like to win two out of three. But if you can take one out of three from the Razorbacks in the Vols over the next two weekends, I think you set yourself up for a really good position to, uh, to head down the stretch. As if since you're you're trying to get to be a regional host, that's the ultimate goal here. Um, and you've got an Alabama team coming in that's good, but they're not. Uh, you know, they're not to the caliber of the two teams that you're going to face before them. And then you're going on the road to a pretty decent Kentucky team to finish out the year, but uh, not a Kentucky team that's on the same level as a Tennessee and Arkansas. So you've got a chance to go down the, the stretch here if you're Auburn baseball and set yourself into a really nice position to be in the play for one of those regional hosts as you hit to the SEC tournament. Yeah, that Alabama team you speak of, they were able to beat Tennessee, and that's their one conference loss. And uh, that, that was really big for them because they – uh, start to get into some uh, conversations to be ranked. They got they're in bubble conversations now, and they they went on that little stretch. So Alabama is still kind of sticking as a bubble team right now, uh, and that could be a really big series. Obviously, Auburn's well into the NCAA tournament by now, but that would be big. And then, uh, as you said, you know Kentucky is a team that it might be a tournament team, but you've got to take advantage of that kind of series, considering. Yeah, you feel that you did a good job if you win one out of three against teams like Arkansas and Tennessee. I mean, no one wins one out of three even against Tennessee. I mean, they're what 17-1 in conference, I guess, what that makes them. So that means they've got five sweeps <laughs> and a two out of three. So really tough stretch for Auburn coming up. But really exciting to get the opportunity to play someone like that. Kevin Ives from Plainsman Parking Lot joins us when we come back in just a moment here on the program. And also, a little bit later, we'll let you know about the newest Sports Call Player of the Week. You're listening to Sports Call WTGC, Tiger 95.9. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, this is Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress. As uh, we mentioned right before the break, we're so excited to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on our next guest to talk about a fun Auburn baseball team. The Tigers have won six straight games. And Kevin Ives from the Plainsman parking lot now joins us here on the show. Kevin, we appreciate the time. How are you? I'm doing good. How are y'all? We can't complain. Let me talk about the week that we just went through last week, Kevin, because Auburn plays... Five games at home, 
Tuesday and Wednesday, they've got midweek contests and then a full weekend series against South Carolina. Are you just tempted to pull out the camper at the Plainsman parking camp uh, at the deck when you got a, a stretch like that? You play five games in six in six days, and you know one of those games is a rescheduled game. Um, the Kennesaw State game was a rescheduled game. Um, yeah, it was kind of tempting. I mean, basically, I'm up. There, you know, I was up there every day, um, almost except for that Thursday. Um, it was good to have that little Thursday break for a little <laughs> bit. Um, and it, you know, it kind of started off a little. You're a little shaky. Start off, you need extra innings to beat Alabama State in that Tuesday game, and then you had a really good Kennesaw State team coming in that next day. So going from Tuesday to Wednesday, you're a little nervous. Um, and then they really clicked on Wednesday against Kennesaw State and then ended up sweeping South Carolina uh, in a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. And um, it, was a, it was a good homestand, a good way to go 5-0 in the homestand. Um, Six-game winning streaks taking that Sunday game or, I guess, um, Saturday game from Mississippi State. Um, so it's good, especially with the week that's coming up because Auburn goes on the road tonight to Jacksonville State, weather permitting. I haven't looked at the radar. And then probably their next – their two biggest tests in the SEC coming up after that. You go at Tennessee, who's number one, and then um, host Arkansas, um, who is uh, as high as number three in some polls. So I think they may have dropped down after losing the series to A&M, uh, but they're at least still a top-ten team. Yeah, big stretch coming up this week for the Auburn Tigers. Talking about that the week ago, uh, Auburn with those two midweek games, I had the pleasure of, of doing the television play-by-play for the midweek games. And I'm sitting there thinking in that Tuesday game, talking with Butch Thompson beforehand, he was telling me, Kevin, like, hey, this is this is our toughest challenge yet. And, and he said, you may look at me like I'm kind of crazy knowing the games that are ahead, but it was just so important to Coach Thompson and a very young Auburn team to make sure you took care of business at home in games that you should win to put yourself in a position to possibly pull off some upsets here. And the fact that Auburn was able to go 5-0 and in that stretch is wild considering the week started the way it did. The fact that in the Alabama State game, Alsup and Armstrong really struggled out of the bullpen. You had to bring in Skipper and Burkhalter Burkhalter on a Tuesday that Kennesaw State game, though, I think that could have been a flip of the switch moment for Auburn because they just dominated from start to finish on Wednesday. They really did, and that was kind of really good to see. Um, and it, it allowed, honestly, it allowed the bullpen to get a little bit of rest heading into the weekend. And that's a very good Kennesaw. I mean, that was a uh, probably one of, one of the best RPI wins that Auburn had and will have going into the as the season progresses. Kennesaw State was a really, really talented team. Um, they've actually, I've got a got my eye kind of they're playing georgia southern um two games midweek i've got kind of my eye on that i want kensball state to win those for hosting reasons for auburn and uh, for rpi reasons as right. well but yeah the, the switch kind of flipped on wednesday and you saw a lot of that kind of carry over into the weekend um into that um friday saturday sunday series especially not necessarily maybe the kensball state but some of the bugaboos that you saw on tuesday and wednesday um maybe particularly tuesday with the walks on the weekend, Auburn only had five walks, and I think that was kind of one of the bigger differences in the game. Um, they limited those walks from the midweek um, to pretty much be non-existent on the weekend, and that was uh, one of the bigger differences in the game. And, and look, when we when we talk to you, obviously, we always have to ask you about Sonny Deshera, and uh, that, that's just a conversation with Auburn baseball. It's always going to come up. But I want to read you this stat that – the next highest slugging percentage, regardless of sample size on the Auburn baseball team, is at 548. Sonny Deshera is slugging 862. Um, yeah. talk, talk about his impact, how it affects the ro- lineup around him, because 
obviously with pitchers trying, in theory, to pitch around him a little bit more, it's going to have other guys step up in big situations, have other guys have big opportunities. Well, I mean, it's been a while uh, since Auburn has had a guy that's been in the conversation for the Golden Spikes Award as the best overall baseball player. Casey Mize got a little talk for that towards the end of um, his, his season when he was drafted. Um, but for Sonny, I think he it, it's such a force in that three hole, and it's not just the fact that he's gonna that he's just a power threat. Like he can hit to all sides of the field, uh, has great vision, so he'll draw walks uh, when need be. Knows when to put the ball in play, and so you want to pitch around him. But then when you do, Auburn has had a has had a, a really good um, has had has had guys like Brooks Carlson and Cam Hill kind of step up right behind it to make teams kind of pay for walking him or to try to pitch around him. Um, but for him and, and um, Blake Rambush at the top of the order, those guys at one and three and then having Case and Howell be consistent as he is at two, that's a really good one, two, three you have to navigate through the start of any season. Any, any game, you've got to go through them. Um, and it's really good for Auburn. And it kind of um, sets the tone. When they start to click early, it kind of sets the tone for the, for the rest of the guys in the lineup. And I think that the best thing that you can say um, that I that I think is probably so great that it's just his vision at the plate. I mean, he doesn't really strike out a lot. Um, he knows how to battle and count. Um, is very very quick hands, and that's really what, what you want to see from a hitter. And so he's more than just a power hitter; he's just a solid hitter, and also a good defender too. I mean, I think that gets kind of overlooked, but he's played pretty much every game at first base, um, and he is he's very athletic at first base. He's able to make plays and, and dig balls out. So not only his offense, but his defense as well have both been um, tremendous assets. And this weekend was a huge deal. Um, you know, I, I, I've been fortunate enough to talk to his dad a couple times. Um, he's come up to the deck. But Saturday was like the DeShera family reunion um, on the left field. And so they had all the tents and everything out there. And we were hanging out after the game up top. And he was still – Sonny was still signing baseballs. He was signing baseballs for – all his family, all his friends, and all the event staff, the folks that, um, you know, Mr. Jerry and Miss Dana that kind of work the gates, I mean, Miss Allie, all them, um, like he makes sure that everybody is kind of not not necessarily taken care of, but is appreciated. Um, and that kind of, that love that he has um, and that kind of effervescent personality that he has kind of shows through, and it kind of, it, it shows with the team and kind of how loose they can be and how much fun they're having. Um, and having him as a teammate, Kevin, you kind of touched on it in that, uh, talking about Sunday there, but I want you to talk about the uh, the Auburn bats as a whole because we've seen in past few seasons where it was either you had the pitching, the bats couldn't catch up, but or you had the bats and the pitching kind of let let it down a little bit. This year and the moments, and especially you saw it this past week uh, a couple times where you had moments where the pitching kind of faltered a little bit. The bats have always been there this year to kind of get behind the pitching and keep them in baseball games. Uh, I, so just want to talk about those, the bats this year for the lineup. I think it's been just it's mainly consistency um, with the bats. You know, haven't, they've not really had any stretches. Um, they've had some stretches where they struggled, um, but it's not been through the entire game. And so they've been able, and especially this weekend, we're able to kind of um, – Pick the, pick the team up. You know, I think um, the game where Auburn uh, had a three had a had a three run lead, and then all of a sudden they were they were down three runs, and then the bottom of the seventh, I think that was the Saturday game, the everything kind of clicked, 
and guys were getting on base, and they they that next man up mentality um, at the plate, and then kind of linking up and connecting together, not letting it all be on one one person by themselves. I think has been the the key to their success on offense. It's, it's it hasn't been a situation to where it's only one guy or it's one or two guys, and then that's it. If you've got a bunch of holes, like the, the Auburn has guys that will that are they're playing their way into the lineup and staying there, like Bobby Pierce and Mike Bello, and they're really showing some of their bats. Um, you know, guys like Nate Larue that are really contributing in the eight and nine hole, um, where they you know, and so up and down the order, you've just got consistency. And I think that's really been the strength. And there's, there is power, um, but it's really just the, the average, just hitting for average um, and not hitting into, into errors, not hitting into uh, double plays and stuff like that. I think that has really been how Auburn has found success on offense. Kevin Ives is on Twitter at AUPPL. Kevin, before we let you go, I'm going to set you up here for uh, I'm going to set you up for the long-winded answer here because I want you to have us tell about uh, the game coming up tonight at Jacksonville State, a team that Auburn has already seen once this season at Plainsman Park, and then uh, kind of what stands out about Tennessee. This is such a historic start in the sport of college baseball, which is wild to think about. So, kind of preview these next four games for Auburn and what to expect. Well, the biggest thing for Jacksonville State is it's going to be revenge. It's one of the few midweek games that Auburn has lost. Um, and so that's really going to set the tone. And it's not – I mean, that Jim K. Stadium is not an easy place to win at. I mean, and, and Jacksonville State is a really good team. This will be their only year in the ace run, um, and they'll still finish in the top two or three in that league, probably make some noise in that tournament um, and could be kind of a sleeper NCAA tournament team. But for, for Auburn, they have to set the tone against Jacksonville State early – um, on the road. And then Tennessee is just a different monster unto itself. I mean, they are top to bottom the best team in the nation. Um, they hit for power. They hit for average. They have guys that are, um, you know, hitting high, hitting, you know, 100 miles an hour on the mound. They've kind of embraced that heel mentality. Like they lo- they've kind of embraced being the villain and having other folks hate them. Um, and I will tell you, you know, I think two of the games this weekend are on the SEC network. And it'll probably be the first time that a lot of Auburn fans have watched Tennessee um, as a baseball team, and they're just going to hate it. I mean, I don't have an issue with it because it's just they they lean into it and they're kind of having fun. And, you know, if we take some lumps and we take some lumps, but this will be Auburn's toughest test. I think Auburn matches up well with them. I really do. I think that um, possibly Auburn may be getting a little overlooked uh, by Tennessee. Um, but it's going to be a good series. The key this weekend to Tennessee and to beating Tennessee is to limit the walks, number one, because Tennessee will make you pay for any mistakes, and also to limit the home run. They play in a in a park very similar to Auburn's dimension-wise, and so it, it is kind of a little bit of a bandbox. So you can't give up home runs. And so you got to pitch low and, and not give up walks, not give up free passes, and just play clean baseball, and you'll have a chance. And the biggest thing – for these next two weekends, Auburn, Auburn, you know, it wins. But if you win both these series, that's incredible, and you're um, you feel a lot comfortable with those last two weekends of the series. But you just want to avoid getting swept. Um, that's the biggest thing. You want to take one um, at, against Arkansas. You want to take one against Tennessee, and I, it could happen. Um, you, you don't know. I, I, there, I think there's still there's going to be some part where Tennessee's going to stumble. Um, you've seen. Kind of the you've seen them kind of have some 
some cracks in the armor a little bit um, against Alabama. They did sweep Florida, but, you know, those were some really close games. They needed extra innings on that Sunday game to complete the sweep. But it's going to be a fun series. Um, and they're, they're, Tennessee is really, really riding this wave of momentum with how good they are and reinvesting in the program. And, um, and Tony Vitello, I, I think if he stays, there's still rumors that he may eventually jump to Arkansas. But, um, you know, I, it's just going to be fun. And it's what college baseball is going to be about. I mean, it's Auburn, I think, needs to just embrace the mindset of they are going to control their own destiny and to play their brand of baseball, and they'll be just fine. Jacksonville State tonight for Auburn, Tennessee coming up on the weekend. The next home game where you could see Kevin Ives in the parking deck is not until next Friday, May 6th, when the Tigers open up that three-game series with Arkansas. I mentioned the Twitter account a moment ago, Kevin, at AUPPL. What could people find there if they were to press the follow button? Uh, the main thing is every morning uh, I usually put out a uh, – I'm involved with the college baseball Reddit um, and so every morning I kind of put out the um, all the games that are streaming, all the D1 baseball games that are streaming. It's kind of a passion project of mine, so you always tweet out that schedule, and I tweet out a little graphic where I'll kind of give you three random games to pick, a free game to watch, a late-night game, and then a kind of a spotlight game for a team you may not usually watch, like uh, Wagner versus Villanova. But it's still college baseball. It's still baseball in general, so it's still fun to watch. So. And e- even if – even if you don't like Auburn baseball, which I don't know if you don't like Auburn while you're listening to the show, but um, but if you don't like Auburn baseball, there's still some other college baseball content that I kind of do and, and kind of just a, my love for the game, kind of letting that exude out. Perfect. Well, we certainly do appreciate the time, Kevin. We'll talk again soon, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. All right. That's our guy, Kevin Ives, joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line, giving us a lot of good insight about this Tigers baseball team and what to expect over the next couple of days. Auburn trying to put themselves in position to possibly host a regional or be sent to a rather favorable regional site. Let's take our next commercial break here on the show. When we come back, it's time to unveil Sports Call's Player of the Week. Hint, hint, we're still going to be talking about Auburn baseball. That's next. This is the Tiger Communications Sports Network. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play sports call Auburn. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger along here on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and the Tiger Communications app. The Tiger.fm is the website. Many different ways to listen to our show. JJ Jackson, Ryan LaVoy, and Brooks Childress. And Brooks, we just spoke with Kevin Ives of Plainsman Parking Lot. There's so much about just college baseball in general, but of course Auburn baseball because he, you know, he watches every single game. I, I would, you know, I wouldn't put it by him to go back and watch them again and do some film study on it. Uh, but he, you know, it was all his stuff about Auburn baseball. He's out at the uh, parking deck every single home game, so he knows what's up with this Auburn baseball team. And 
He's just a he's a fun follow on Twitter. If you follow him during games, he's got a lot of GIF usage during yeah. the games, and it's always a fun time. I wasn't kidding. When you've got a stretch where you've got five games in six days, why not just put the camper in the parking deck at that point and just call it a home away from home? Just hope you don't get a parking ticket. Yeah, no, I and you are I'm probably sure, known to throw well, those out there. I, you say camper, and I, my mind races to the hundreds maybe thousands that i saw at talladega this past yeah. weekend so now granted you would not have been able to go to both talladega and the auburn baseball game sunday but uh yeah no that would have been a uh, fun idea five out of six days like that sheesh well look we've got the uh a conversation with kevin eyes if you just missed it you'll be able to listen to it on our podcast we've also got coming up a chat with justin hokinson Britt bowen will be on the program we're busy today and also the elite eight has started for the great sports movie bracket our elite eight matchups have now started you can go vote it's pinned to the top of our twitter profile at sports call au i'm gonna have all our guys be sure that they're voting in it as well before we do anything else though as we move forward in our show let's take this opportunity to uh find out who is sports calls player of the week sports calls player of the week Auburn baseball catcher Nate LaRue is Sports Call's Player of the Week. The junior slugger played in four of Auburn's five games last week, going five for nine with one homer and six RBI. He also hit a walk-off single in the bottom of the tenth against Alabama State. Auburn went 5-0 during the week, including a sweep over SEC opponent South Carolina over the weekend. Nate LaRue is Sports Call's Player of the Week. Eric McDade State Farm is a proud supporter of local sports and the community we all live in. Eric McDade has been proudly serving the local community since 2019. Whether you need auto coverage, home coverage, life insurance, or even renter's coverage, you can rest easy knowing that Eric McDade has your back. Stop by and see them today at 907 2nd Avenue Suite A in Opelika, or for more information, call 334-759-7431, or find them on the web at drivewithericcom Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Eric McDade State Farm, proud to be a supporter of local sports sports in the community. Nate LaRue is our Sports Call Player of the Week, as you just heard right there. What a big week it was for him, for the Tigers at the play. It was a week that, look, you got a lot of pressure. You're playing an Alabama State team in the first game of the week, and it was Nate LaRue who came through with the walk-off single. He was in a pinch-hit spot. He came into the game late defensively, and uh, that really started a big week for him. He pitches for this Auburn team. Saw him pitch a little bit in this week, too. I mean, he does everything. Yeah, and I mean, he's a guy that has not had a great season at the plate, uh, even with the good week. He's still hitting the low 200s. Um, so it was big to have guys like that step up because, you know, you can only go so far with a couple great players, and you can take the whole team. You got several guys hitting over 300, but you need contributions up and down the lineup, and you, as you said, he does pitch a little bit, too, but you did not want to lose that game to Alabama State. They were trailing late. They got that run to tie it up at the bottom of the ninth and then went in the tenth. And, again, it takes everybody, because especially in those midweek games, you don't necessarily want to play all your starters the entire game. Um, and you try and use some of your arms that you use a little bit less as well. So, yeah, it was big for a guy like Nate to step up, and he continued that and had a good week overall too. And I was looking at uh, our – great Auburn baseball notebook that's sent out to the media every Monday after a series. He caught all 27 innings of the weekend series. Yeah. He did all this and he, he was behind the plate Busy man. the entire weekend. It's just had a great, great five game stretch. Nate LaRue did. Um, 
I don't know how much more you could say about it. He's he was really really good. Had brought his back to the pole park this weekend and had six RBIs to show for it across the week. Big day for Nate Larue. He is our sports call player of the week. Auburn's going to need him to keep playing well. There's also the epic moment that uh, of course this doesn't. This did not take place within the voting parameters for Sports Call Player of the Week, right? This was just prior to his great week of play. But remember that the day before Easter, that Saturday, Auburn won the last game of the series against Mississippi State when Bryson Ware threw the runner out at home plate. It was Nate LaRue that received the ball, and then in celebratory fashion, he spiked the baseball, was so animated, so excited, and Auburn won a game by throwing out a runner at the plate at the very end. Yeah, so as you've been mentioning, six games in a row that you won. And that state game was huge because you can't get swept, especially not to a team like Mississippi State who's been – I know they were big-time preseason polls, but with this ain't preseason anymore. This is well midseason, and they have struggled. They're a bubble team. They're not the robust team we thought they'd be. And so to get swept in that series would have been uh, a big-time momentum – loser for Auburn baseball and in fact by winning that game in close fashion they really turned the tide significantly in their favor just by that one win and then propelled them to that week. Auburn baseball has two players that both pitch and are offensive players for the team. Nate LaRue is a catcher and then also will walk out and play uh, and, and pitch and then Cam Hill the same way. Primarily a DH, although we'll see Cam Hill at first, a little bit in the outfield, and then also a left-handed pitcher. That's got to be so difficult at the college level to be kind of a two-way player, and Auburn's got two of those guys that are out there doing it. Yeah, well, and these guys, you know, it's it's not common in baseball or college baseball. I don't want to say that, yeah, this has been happening multiple times, multiple people, but it is more doable in college, and it's not uh, – incredibly rare to see a team have somebody that hits well enough to play the field and also pitches uh, obviously that separation kind of happens more so in the majors or, or, or in professional baseball where in the minor leagues they want you to focus on one so that you can get to the big leagues in one discipline and don't spread yourself too thin and not making either that's why Shohei Otani is so unbelievable but but yeah it's not unbelievably uncommon to have someone like that you know cam hill and nate larue don't throw big innings for Auburn, right. but they can pitch and anytime you have a guy like that i mean that's that's great for your team and then you know not as so much a you know at an sec school or a big time school uh here in in college baseball but i i would you know say that if you go down in the, the lower ranks of college baseball with the scholarship limits you're going to get a few more guys that do that too and they're, they've got to be able to do that because you don't have the number of scholarships to keep get people there uh to be on your baseball team so you got to have some guys that are playing 2a and i'll tell you what it is it is great to have some of those guys to uh to have on your roster because that way you can work your lineup a little bit more that uh and have them a little bit more be a little bit more productive than just once a week pitching all right, we have reached the end of the first hour of our show today. We've got to take a quick timeout on the other side of the break. We'll get you set for hour number two, where we're going to chat with Justin Hokinson from AuburnLive.com and On3Sports. We'll also have Brett Bowen set to join us a little bit later in the program. Alongside Brooks Childress and Ryan Lavoy. my name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan Lavoy. And Brooks Childress, you just heard a moment ago, we've got Auburn Sports Today and the Braves Radio Network update as well that we've been programming here in between our hours as you get started. With that being said, right, and we're talking about the series opening up between the Atlanta Braves and the Chicago Cubs, kind of what are those storylines for this Braves baseball team, guys? 7-10 and 10 on the year, and I hadn't really thought of I guess they really haven't won a series yet. Have this not, season have not won a series the closest they've gotten is splitting with the uh the reds to start the year the very first series but yeah lost every other series so far and um the braves uh in that update you heard are one in nine on the year when allowing the other team to score first so right now the braves the keys right now is to score first and then score often because you're you're guys are still kind of settling in there you you kind of you're taking a step back um, in the lineup with Eddie Rosario going out for a little bit, although he was only hitting 0.68 on the year, but still a uh, very slow start for Rosario uh, as he t- takes a little bit of time off. I don't think there's a timetable for his return after he has LASIK surgery uh, this afternoon or whatever. I think it was today at some point earlier today, but I don't think they've released a timetable for his return yet. So you're kind of, you're really, the Braves right now are kind of treading water trying to keep afloat until you can get Acuna back in the lineup. I think a lot of people around the Atlanta Braves organization think that once you get Acuna back in lineup, some of the, the, the hitting is going to fall there and you're going to move the lineup around how, how you're actually going to play for it the rest of the year. And he's doing fine in, uh, in AAA. Still working his way back up. I think he's scheduled for the next two games. He's scheduled to play seven innings, only go seven innings in the outfield. Uh, two more times, and then I think they're going to start stretching him out a little bit more, just getting him play all nine innings and uh, with the Triple A Gwinnett. And then the pitching side of things, it's you know I, I think you're going to start to see a little bit of a turnaround in the pitching because you you'll you know if you follow the Braves closely enough, you you read all the what all the coaches say. You missed about two to three starts in the in spring training with the abbreviated spring training, and so coming up tonight. With Max Freed, you're getting to that fourth start of the year because you started the opening day against Cincinnati. You had a weekend, or you had the um, the the mid or you had the Dodger series, and you played uh, this past uh, weekend. So you're getting about to that third, fourth start for all the pitchers in the lineup. And so I think that now you're going to start to get you're you're going to be about three or four series behind uh, because of the abbreviated spring training. And so you're going to start see really tonight is what you would have seen Max Freed be opening day 
if we had gone through a full spring training. And so I think that's a promising turn for the Braves is now you're starting to get guys. All the guys are going to be, you know, you've gotten your your couple weeks in and now you, you start to get into where you would be heading into the season. Now, everybody else is like this. You've, you've, you know, there are teams that are doing better than uh, right now than what you would predicted, but you're everywhere around Major League Baseball, especially the Braves, starting this, this series this week, you're going to start seeing the guys uh, get into where they would be on opening day had we had a, uh, a full spring training. And obviously that, that goes for everyone, but, you know, those pitchers – Really, we've seen that more so than with any other position because of pitch counts that guys are on, uh, how frustrated I was with the Clayton Kershaw deal after his first start. And, you know, it also, and something I'll be interested to see how the season goes along, is when you don't have that ramp-up time, you do worry more about injuries. And we've seen the Braves already lose Luke Jackson for the year. And you just worry about as time goes along that you have you're already in a climate where you have more injuries because guys are throwing harder and that sort of thing. But it, you you wonder with even less prep time than the normal if that will start to take effects. And so, yeah, I think that with the, the slow start, there's a number of reasons for it. Obviously, the Braves. I, I think a difference this year they're going to have to look out for is that. They won their division and were able to wait till August to turn it on because no one else in their division really played that well. And early on, the Mets look like they're living up to their big payroll and their big offseason expenditures, and, and they're off to a good start. So the Braves have to be weary of the fact that, yeah, they can have a slow 40, 50 games, whatever, but if they let it get to the halfway point and they're still struggling around 500 or just below 500, Look at the Mets play 82 games, 80 games or so, and they're 50 and 30 or 48 and uh, 32, I guess. You know, that's going to be a little bit more of a hole than you're comfortable with climbing out of. So you have to keep an eye on the Mets and and focus on uh, how they're doing as well. But obviously, as was said yesterday, Braves team is not complete until Acuna gets in the lineup. He will be soon. Uh, I read that the Rosario thing will drag on for a little while. I mean, it is you know it's eye surgery, so he'll be out for a couple months, but uh, or a month or two at least. But uh, having Acuna back, that's when you're really going to start to be able to uh, assess the team, and and hopefully the Braves can uh, get it going a little bit earlier than they did last year, and, they, and they'll probably have to given the, the way the Mets are looking so far. And you look at you know looking at this series coming up against uh, the Cubs. The Cubs are you know seven and nine on the year. You uh, started off the year winning two out of three against the Brewers, who are the division leaders right now. Then you went and you uh, you split a two-game series with the Pirates in the midweek, uh, the second week of the year. You went out to Colorado for your first uh, Western road trip and split with the uh, with the Rockies. Then you went down to Tampa and you, um, you you lost that series. And then you came back for four games against the Pirates this past weekend. And you lost that series. So the the Cubs are not, uh, you know, they're not the Cubs that we saw a few years ago. And I, I think we knew that going into the, you know, the last few seasons. They're not the same Cubs team that we saw win the World Series a few years ago. But they're still capable of putting up runs. And the Braves need to be able to come into this series. You saw, you know, Saturday they beat the Pirates twenty-one nothing. Like that was that was ridiculous. And so the Cubs can put up some runs. And if you've got to be able to come in to this series, if you're Braves pitching, 
and really, really lock in. And like I said a little bit earlier, one and nine when you let the other team score early uh, or when you let them score first. And so the Braves have to come into this series. Pitching's got to be, you know, you got to take that step forward. You've got to come in and shut down uh, Chicago early. But then the bats have to have to kind of start waking up a little bit and be able to put runs on the board early before the Cubs can get on the board so that you can kind of build that get, build it up in case the pitching does have some falter uh, and you, you've already got some run support built up there. You want the fun fact on that Cubs and Pirates series? Yeah. You mentioned that 21 nothing game. The Pirates in the other three games won by scoring exactly four runs. <laughs> so, therefore, the Cubs outscored the Pirates in that, in that four-game series 29-12, to <laughs> and they went 1-3, and three, which is almost unfathomable. So that's pretty funny, but... Yeah, the Cubs, you know, and, and we're t- we need to talk about every team like we're talking about the Braves because just like no team is going to be a, really a a real gauge on them until forty or fifty games in. But you did bring up, and, and I agree that the Cubs are not supposed to be a very good team this year. They are seven and nine to start, so pretty much the same thing as the Braves. Braves are seven and ten, uh, but but the Cubs are a team that do not expect to contend with the Cardinals and with the um, Brewers for the NL Central. And, and so you got to be understanding of that fact that they all count the same in the 162-game season. And even though it's early, if this team ends up 60-102 and 102 and the Braves lose a series to the Cubs, even though they ended up winning 60 games, you're going to lament that fact come September. And you, I know you don't know who all is going to end up good and not at this time of year, but you kind of have to take care of teams at this point. You ought to operate under the assumption that these teams won't be as good. And then, obviously, as the season goes along, when you're facing the teams that aren't destined to be in the playoffs, that's when you know you need to take advantage of it. But, yeah, you, you need to have a good series here. And I, I don't want to worry anybody, but the the Reds, who the Braves started out with, are 3-13. and 13. Two of those wins are the Braves. Yep. Don't want to worry. 1-11 rest of the season so far. Braves and Cubs open up a three-game series here a little bit later tonight. The Rangers, the opponent for the Braves, coming up this weekend on the road in the state of Texas. One quick timeout when we come back from this commercial break. Matt from Tallahassee will join us on the show. This is Sports Call Tiger 95.9. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, Roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson, Ryan the Boy, and Brooks Childress. We're chatting with Justin Hokinson of Auburn Live and on three sports coming up in about 10 minutes or so. For now, we'll take a phone call, 887-3401. We go to the Auburn Bank phone line and joining us now, Matt from Tallahassee. Matt has called into the show. Hi, Matt. Good evening, JJ. Hey, buddy. Ryan and Brooks here What's as up, well. Matt? What's up, Matt? What's up, guys? All right, what's on your mind, Matt? What hey. you got today? Well, I've been I've been busy. I've been like I've been burning stuff and 
burning tree limbs, and we're trying to get that, like, uh, we got the house in Auburn, like, the closed. We, we bought the house in Auburn. Like, we probably don't know when it's going to move in, but we got pictures taken here tomorrow. I got to wash someone's car tomorrow, and I got to cut grass Thursday, and I've been busy. So, uh, so we, you guys have a good Easter? You guys have a good have you guys been missing me? I've been trying to get a hold of you guys. Yeah, we uh, we had a show yesterday and didn't hear from you. We know typically we hear you on, on Mondays, uh, but we've been doing well. We had a good Easter holiday, and I was with the Auburn softball team in Starkville this past weekend, so uh, we appreciate you calling in today. I told you $300 because you, you didn't tell me you were going somewhere. I have to tell you every move that I make now? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I got you. My fault. You're supposed to give me some tickets. For a baseball and softball games. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's hard to come by, buddy. I'm I'm, I'm trying my best. So, okay, I got uh, I got a couple of questions for you: baseball and and um some football. Then I want to do some trivia. For the Braves, who is leading for home runs and RBIs? And the one that the player for the Braves that got in trouble, Marcelo he, Zuna. He's back this year. Is he is he? Still DH, or is he playing outfield? A little bit of both. He's been playing both sides. I think Ozzie Albies might still have the home run lead for Auburn, Auburn for the Braves. Uh, he's got six, and uh, he's been having a really good year. But Ozzie Albies, the second baseman, Matt, he's doing the best. Who's leading in RBIs for the Braves? I would guess Ozzie would be up there as well, too. I know Matt Olson's been productive at the plate. Riley's driven in a couple of runs. Uh, is it Ozzie Albies with 11? Yeah, Albies has the lead, too. Okay, so I uh, so Brooke and well, JJ, I got a question for you and Brooke and Ryan. Have you guys heard anything about Finley? Is he still going to be with Auburn? If he only get a starting quarterback job, or will he transfer? Uh, I think he's still going to be the Auburn starting quarterback. I don't know if he's not that guy if he transfer or not, but I, I think he's in a good position to be the starter. How how is uh, the quarterback? The one from uh, Texas A&M, is he any better? Calzada, uh, he is uh, still working through the off-season surgery and injury that he had, and so he was not full go during spring. We didn't see him at all during the spring game, but he's gonna—he's still working his way through, and he's one of the three guys that everyone kind of thinks is going to contend for that starting job. Everyone thinks it's going to be uh, Finley, uh, Robbie Ashford, and Zach Calzada here once you hit fall camp at the uh, end of August. Uh, J.J. and uh, Ryan and um, Brooke, what do you guys – I saw on my computer that Auburn lost a basketball player. Uh, I can't think of his name. I don't know if he played at Tennessee. Yeah, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield was someone that the Auburn Tigers wanted to recruit and uh, and to get. So they, they didn't get him. He ended up going to Louisville, so they lost out on that recruitment. So is Auburn going to try to get like, – I saw something is Auburn trying to get another player from North Carolina. Have you guys heard anything about that? I haven't heard about that one. No, I, I haven't heard about that one. What What do you guys think about the uh, Arizona player coming visit Auburn for football? Yeah, saw saw a Sun Devil was was visiting the Plains, and obviously it's a transfer portal season for football, so you got to try to get as many guys as possible. So we'll see if they can get that done. So, like, has Auburn got any more visits? Any more uh, transfer porters? 
from other schools coming Not yet. Out. I mean, they, I'm sure there are some that are always happening, but we don't. We wait for other people to report on that news, and then we sort of react to it. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Give me one more question, and then we got to do some trivia. Uh, has anyone got any for any more transfer for basketball for women or men? Uh, Janai Broom is on the men's team. He was at Moorhead State last year, and Auburn feels pretty good about the chances of possibly landing him. So that would be a big pickup if he were to commit they, to play for the still, Auburn they Tigers. Still play, they still have a player from LSU, right, coming to Auburn. Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. So, yeah. All right, let's do some trivia. What do you say? Okay, let's see. What do I want to do? We're going to do Braves trivia today, all right? Okay. So here we go. Some Braves trivia for you. What is the name of the Braves Stadium? Or if you give us an old name of the Braves Stadium, we'll give it to you. Uh, Braves Stadium. Trust Park. Truist Park. Yes, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Uh, For bonus points, do you remember the old stadium? It was something field, to give you a hint. It was something field, and it started with a T. Oh, um, I can't think of it right now, but I, used, I know it used to be Turner Field. Yes, you're that. exactly right. That's it. It used to be Turner Field. You remember when it was Turner Field? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. All right. Chipper Jones turned 50 over the weekend. He turned 50. What position did he play for the Braves? And what was He's his jersey better. number? He did play third base. You're right. Do you remember what his jersey number was? Number 10. That's right. That's right. You did a great job. One more question. Who is, what's the name of the uh, legendary Braves manager? Their, their head coach. What's the name of the legendary manager? Oh, he's from, he, he's from, like, uh, he's from the other Braves in, in the, uh, uh, I can't think of his name now. Um, give me a letter. It starts with a B, his first name does, and his last name starts with a C. And he wore number Man. six. Bobby? Bobby... Bobby Cox. Bob Cox, yeah, okay. That's yeah. right. All right, hey, buddy. Hey, we are got to do the hey, cheer. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, JJ, before we do the cheer, I want to tell you and Brooke and Ryan something. My brother is playing in American League for his group home. And guess what I've been doing? What's that? They they have let me play with him. The lady in the group home is giving me a jersey to play a Saturday. Plus, I get to bring my own back. Wow, that's exciting! You get to play a little ball. I'll tell her. I'll tell her. No one can use my bat except for me and my brother. Okay. All right. You let her know that. Okay. And we'll let. Well, next week you have to tell us how the game goes. Hey. 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 Ryan. Yeah. Hey. Tom and Bill are fired, and they owe us four hundred, four hundred fifty dollars each. Sounds good to me. All right. We 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 gotta go, Matt. We gotta do the cheer now. So here we go. Five, four, oh. three, three, two, two one. one. Whoa. Whoa. Championship game, the national championship, our year, 
Bruce Pearl is the best coach in basketball. We're going to beat guys again in basketball. Bruce Pearl is the best. All right. Talk to you later, Matt. Have a good week. Right, War Eagle. Eagle. That's Matt from Tallahassee joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. 887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Our show continues in a moment. All of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call Podcast. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player, national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress. All right, here's what we need to let you know. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android. Tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap skills and games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap enable to use. You're done. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Let's now go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on our next guest from Auburn Live and On3Sports.com, our good buddy Justin Hokinson, kind enough to join us here on the program. Hokinson, we appreciate the time. How's your week been? It's good, man. It's going well. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing very well. We, uh, we're excited to chat with you here. been a little bit since we've gotten a chance to, uh, to catch up with you. I want to kind of talk about uh, a story that uh, you weren't expecting to become a story. You weren't expecting it to be on your radar and you did such a good job of of covering it but it seemed like we had a little off-season pickup basketball game that kind of came together between uh some walk-ons of the basketball team and a football team and and you got a chance to check out some of it so tell us a little bit about that story and how it came to be yeah that was actually pretty funny man that was pretty entertaining uh uh really it started with kd johnson and and tj finley kind of going back on back and forth on instagram um, about who would win, that I was like, well, that's, that's pretty funny. And so I screenshotted it, and I put it on Twitter, and I just kind of put it out there like, hey, who, who, do you, who would you take? You know, the walk-ons are, are the best five the football team could, could get. And it kind of blew up on Twitter. I had Marcus Harris retweeting it. Wendell Green was retweeting it. And it kind of elevated the, uh, the, the trash talking. And so the next thing you know, they set it up, and they played inside the arena on the arena floor. Um it was good. It was fun. It was entertaining. You had uh, you had walk-ons. You had Chandler Le- Leopard, the Leor Berman, Carter Sabera, Mike Whitmore uh, on the walk-ons, and then you had uh, T.J. Finley, Jalen Simpson, uh, Desmond Tisdale, Brandon Frazier, and Trey Lindsey on the football side, and they played a best of five, and the basketball guys won three three to two. Um, it was really, it was really competitive. It was really good. Jalen Simpson is, is an insane athlete. His vertical's got to be 
42, 43 inches. I mean, it's just insane. Um, Trey Lindsay's a pretty good player as well. So it was, it was fun. I think it was cool for them. There's football team was there. The basketball team was there to, to watch it. So it was kind of a lot of fun. I think they joked around about playing a seven-on-seven football game, which is not going to go well for basketball unless they have a quarterback. So, yeah. um, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. But I thought it was cool, just the camaraderie for them to get together. It was competitive, but then when it was done, it was done. And so it was, uh, it was kind of fun to just watch. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's it's kind of crazy. It brought back memories to, to this show right here, right before uh, his current role. Trevon Reed spent two years as a co-host on this show four days a week, and that was some of our favorite topics with him was like, okay, well, who were the best basketball players on your team? And T. Reed's talking about matchups between Nick Marshall and Jeremy Johnson. And I think the big takeaway in all of this, Justin, is that, like you said, you do kind of forget watching these athletes play just one sport, how athletic they are, point blank period, in general, because they really can translate to a variety of different sports and likely were multi-sport stars in their high school careers. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, Jalen Simpson, I mean, if he had if he had a legit jump shot, I mean, he could play basketball. And the kid, I mean, he had a he had a follow. You're talking about a cornerback. He had a follow-up dunk in that pickup game. That was, um, it was impressive. I mean, you know, off a miss, times it, grabs the rebound midair, and throws it down. And you're like, I mean, that's that's an impressive play. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Brandon Frazier, six seven down there, was a, was a beast to handle. And then the, even those walk ons, um, you know, you might look at them, and then you see, you know, Carter Severa go up and block Brandon Frazier at the rim uh, on a dunk attempt, and you know, kind of opens your eyes yeah they're really really good athletes man they, they definitely can transition how closely have you been following this Auburn baseball team this season Justin yeah I mean look they're they're really an intriguing team I think I think every weekend you just sort of get a little bit more drawn into what they're doing um you know, I think for the season I don't know where expectations were there I mean some people had them last West, I kind of thought, man, if this team somehow went 15 and 15 in the league, I thought it would be a really good season. Um, I thought it would, I would, I would kind of deem it a success if they could just stay 500 in the league. Um, but they've, they've, they've shown to be quite a bit more than that. I mean, Sonny Deshera has raised his average quite a bit since coming over from Sanford. Um, and then you've got, of course, Blake Rambush who's hitting the ball, and he found an ace in Joseph Gonzalez. And you have that closer guy in Blake Burkhalter. You've got you look at this team and you've got the pieces in the right places to win games. Now, how deep is the pitching? How deep can you go in a in whether it's the SEC tournament or regionals or that really tests you um, to see how good you are. But in terms of a three-game series, I, I mean I think Auburn has shown so far that they've got enough pieces to be competitive with anybody for two or three games. It'll be an amazing test this weekend up in Knoxville against a team that's just absolutely loaded. I've never seen a team off to the start to Tennessee. I mean, we're talking about baseball at 35-3. I mean, it, that, I've never seen anything like it. But uh, really impressed with what Auburn's done up and down the lineup. Uh, got some role players doing their jobs. And so, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a good team. And they've got that mentality. I mean, the one thing, even that Omaha team with Butch Thompson, I mean, they're not going to quit. They're going to fight pretty hard. They're going to grind. And so that makes up maybe for that talent gap if, if there is one, which, you know, obviously there is with, with Auburn a little bit. So it's an impressive team. I'm really interested to see what they did this weekend. They'll tell us a lot about 
how good they are and, and what could they do in the postseason based on you know what they do this weekend. And then next weekend, you've got a top five Arkansas team coming to Plainsman Park. A whole lot of fun for sure. Auburn Live's got some baseball coverage for you. Check it out, auburnlive.com. Our guest today, Justin Hokinson with On3 Sports. He's on Twitter, at underscore Jay Hokinson. All right, we're 50 as we continue to jump around here. Uh, 50 hours away from the NFL draft this upcoming weekend, Hoke. Like, what kind of expectations do you have for Auburn guys? How many guys do you think could possibly hear their name call? Kind of refresh us. It's been a little bit since we've heard about the guys going on to the next level. And now, like I said, that we're, we're 50 hours away from the event, what can we expect this weekend? Yeah, I think obviously, you know, it's 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 where does Roger McCreary go? Can he can he sneak into the first round the way Noah um, Dick Benogany did? Um, I think that'll be interesting. Most most mock drafts have McCreary probably mid second, probably in the fifties. Um, so so it's probably uh, an outside shot, a very outside shot that he sneaks into the first round. Uh, Noah had that elite elite speed that I think. You know, allowed somebody to take a risk on him, um, and McCreary doesn't necessarily have that, but he's got all those intangibles um, as just being a good covered corner. So I think he'll be obviously the first one going somewhere mid-second round, um, and then after that, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think Smoke Monday might might probably be the the next guy off the off the block, but just where does he go? I mean, he's got some nice things about him, but um, but there's there's some drawbacks there too. So. Where does he fall? Who takes a chance on Zacoby McLean, who's a tackling machine but probably lacks the size? Um, who takes a chance on him? Does somebody take a chance on, um, you know, Demetrius Robertson, who's got a lot of speed, or, you know, somebody like that? So I think outside of McCreary, it'll be a fairly uneventful draft for Auburn. I mean, I don't think it's going to be um, one where you've got four, five, six guys get drafted. Um but I think get that one in the high second round, McCreary, and and then see if you can get guys uh, to latch on in the late rounds, maybe get some good free agent deals and get some good opportunities. Spring practice wrapped up for Auburn a couple week, weeks ago, and it's starting to wrap up for just about everybody around the country by this point, Justin. So we're seeing kind of an influx again of transfer portal guys. Who does Auburn have an eye on, or, or at least what position group would Auburn like to add on it late this spring? Yeah, I think position group, I'm not sure who yet, just because it's, um, like you said, stuff still, I think spring is still wrapping up. It's, you're trying to figure out who's out there. And do you even take the chance of bringing on a transfer that's, you know, maybe he's an okay player? Do you hold on to that scholarship? I mean, edge position for sure. They're just so thin there. They've got to get, that's one where they're probably going to take somebody almost, even if they're a tweener, like, well, we think they can help. They just need some bodies there, um, and so that that's a big one. Receiver is one that's interesting. I mean, because there's not they they're just guys on the rosters, man. There's athletes they've got there, but none of them have proven anything. And so I don't know exactly who you could go get at receiver that would be any more proven or ready to be a playmaker in the SEC than who you've got. Um, and so I'm not I'm not sure about that position. Um, you know, maybe maybe there's a young young tackle or a young lineman you could get but I think edge is going to be a huge one maybe it maybe a linebacker but I'm not sure that they're going to hit it all that hard I mean the way recruiting is going you also have to think about and go okay well you know maybe we maybe we go a couple of scholarships short and recruiting is going that well let's add a few more on on the back end if we can 
um, or, or let's get some momentum and then try the transfer portal again next year where we've got more opportunities. So it'll be interesting to see how the, the numbers go. I think Edge is the big one. That's the one where they just need bodies. I mean, if Derek Hall or Eric or, or Iku Leota get hurt, you're in trouble immediately. If one of those guys gets hurt, it's Dylan Brooks, and then it's who knows. So that, that that's the position where they've got to get another quality body that they could put in an SEC play and at least feel like they can they can hold their own to some degree. That's I think that's the one I'm watching. Makes sense. I, I think that uh, that's a, that's a good position for Auburn to be in is to add depth on that defensive front. It's going to help them out in the long run. All right, talking about that wide receiver group. In particular, a lot of new names expected to factor in. Some familiar names if you're uh, absolutely obsessed with Auburn football and have been following the team over the years. But, like, who are going to be the leaders, you think, of that wide receiver room going into this upcoming season? Or is it truly going to be someone that uh, is not currently on campus? I like the group that's there. I'm not sure, you know, you've got Camden Brown coming in. You've got Amari Kelly coming in. um, And I think I know I'm forgetting one. Um uh, but you've got you've got I think three guys coming in. Of course, Jay Fair is already there. But I think I think if Auburn's going to get things done at receiver, it's going to be with the guys that are on on the roster now. Whether it's Shedrick Jackson, who I think is going to be the leader in terms of that room, um, whether it's Xavion Capers, who I've heard good things about in terms of taking the right steps in, in his development. He's got a skill set that nobody else really has on the, in that receiver room with his height and range. Javaris Johnson and Tavares Dawson bring a lot of speed to the table. There's a lot of good things and good pieces in that room. It's just you have a bunch of guys who've never done it, and you have a bunch of guys who you know, you can't completely depend on yet. I wouldn't call any of them. Other than Shed, I'm not sure you could point to any of them and say, I'm, 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 they're pretty reliable, don't really have any issues. They're going to line up right. They're going to line right. They're going to run the right route, run the right depth. Um, and so I think that's the big question with them. With Keysaw Harson, that's the big question, especially with a quarterback who's going to need that help, is who among that group is ready to do all the little things and step up and be that guy. There's a bunch of talent, a bunch of skill. Um, I'm curious to see what kind of development that happens this summer, right, when they go do one-on-ones with the quarterbacks and, and they're working out and they're putting in the time. The summer's going to be huge, huge, huge. But there's pieces there. I'm optimistic, but I'm also – you kind of want to see a few games and see how it's going to work with these guys. The potential's there. They just got to grow up and, and be a group that, that can be relied upon. Hoke, you're so plugged in. I love reading your work and, and listening to the shows that you're on and that sort of thing. And I uh, want to ask you this because I know that throughout the spring we got a chance to kind of learn a little bit more about Ike Hilliard as he transitions to this coaching role. And we're talking about that wide receiver position in particular. What intrigues you about this hire for Auburn or like what's something that you've learned from conversations? Just give me something on Ike Hilliard here as we enter sort of the summer for the Auburn football program. Yeah what's intriguing about um, Ike Hilliard is just his experience, whether it's um, obviously playing the position um, or coaching in the NFL and and coaching a lot of the players he's coached. Um, I think the guy's going to bring an incredible amount of experience to the table. Um, And while the terminology might be a little bit different, he'll learn that part. Um, I think he catches on really quick. And, and I think he's going to bring some concepts and some knowledge to that receiver room to not, to not just say, say, here's where you line up. I think that guy's going to bring some real football IQ to 
to the table for those receivers in terms of hey, how, how do you use your leverage correctly and um, you know where, where should your head be and head movement and when you're running routes I think there's just little things that he can really really help that group of guys that need to be developed as wide receivers not just athletes um, I think he could be a perfect fit to, to come in there and teach those guys some ins and outs of being a good receiver being a good route runner um, and just being smart on the football field so I think that could be his biggest plus. He's got to he's got to learn the recruiting side of things, which he'll you know which he'll pick up. But um, I love listening to him out there when, when we've kind of watched a little bit of spring uh-huh. uh, too. He's got a real calm demeanor. Um, you know, it's just I really like it. It's pretty chill. Um, he just talks to them. He just coaches them and moves on. It's it's nothing. It's nothing too high or too low. And so I kind of enjoy um, watching him coach as well. But I think the knowledge of and the experience there is really going to help a bunch of guys that are trying to figure it out. AuburnLive.com on three sports. I'm seeing here at the top, you go to the website, you can subscribe now, a special offer for a free seven-day trial and a whole lot more. Like, why, why should people join the on three community and particularly Auburn Live, Justin? Man, we, we would we would appreciate anybody wanting to be a part of the community. We've had a great, gosh, it's almost been a year, which is wild, <laughs> um, how much we've grown in a year at Auburn Live. But, yeah, we have a great community um of of people that have that have joined us we have i'm really jeffrey lee and cole pinkston are second to none on the recruiting trail um in both basketball and football and cole brings a lot of great analysis as a as a football mind and and then the database that we have going um i think people over the over the summer and into next fall the database that on three is building on the recruiting side is going to be phenomenal um, on the NIL valuations and things like that. So uh, it's going to be a really awesome place to be a part of. You can be a part of any Auburn site, but I would highly encourage you to at least be a part of ours as well. Um, and uh, we, we, man, we, we appreciate all the people that have joined and really helped us launch this thing like crazy over the last year and, uh, and appreciate you guys having us, having us on as well. So AuburnLive.com, you get a free week at any point, so go check it out for a free week and then uh, hopefully you'll stick on. Justin, we appreciate the time. We'll have to get you by here in the studio sometime on South College Street and hang out with us for a little bit. Absolutely. I would love to. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. That's uh, Justin Hokinson on 3sports.com, auburnlive.com. All the best insight for Auburn athletics. All right. Let's go ahead and take a commercial break as we move throughout our number two on the program today. I want to talk a little bit more about this Auburn football team when we come back in a moment. Tiger 95.9. Follow us on tweeters. Follow our sports call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? Now back to more Sports Call with J.J. Jackson and the guys. Moving along, J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Brooks Childress and Ryan LaVoy. Thanks again to Justin Hokinson from AuburnLive.com and On3Sports for joining us here on the show a moment ago, talking about uh, a lot. We talked about that pickup game that took place between the football and basketball team. I did see them talking a little bit about a possible 7-on-7 scrimmage. That would have been interesting. It would have been the basketball scholarship players 
versus football walk-in walk-ons in a seven-on-seven flag football game. I don't think Bruce would pass. Or would uh, give the okay for that. Yeah, uh, Justin hit the nail on the head. Though it all depends on what quarterback the basketball guys could could get. You know? Yeah, because like that's a big decision. Athleticism wise, the basketball guys are going to be there. And if you're just talking seven on seven, you're not having a block. You don't have to be physical because it's like all of a sudden. Well, let me just power power rank this. It's like <laughs> I don't know who's going to go up against three hundred pound guys on the Auburn basketball team or three hundred pound lineman for the Auburn football team. I don't know who on the Auburn basketball team is going to go up against that. I guess Cardwell. You know, because Flanagan's long, but he, he doesn't have a lot of meat on the bones. It'll be great in a seven on seven. Yeah, but he's not. I don't know what you're gonna do <laughs> up against three hundred pound linemen. Uh, right. So, uh, so fortunately, it is. The I think they'll be competitive. Format. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the football team, but just like in the walk-on basketball guys versus the scholarship football guys, how close that was. You know, I, I think it'll be close. Athletes are athletes. At the end of the day. Uh, you asked a good question about the transfer portal. Like, what's a position group possibly that Auburn needs to go after? And I hadn't really thought about that edge position, but he's right. You got your starters. You got Derek Hall. You got Aki Leota. And then Dylan Brooks, the one-time Tennessee commit, played for Auburn this past season, redshirted because he did not see much action. Excited to see what Brooks can offer. But beyond those three, who all three will play, not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of guys, not a whole lot of bodies in that uh, edge room. And I'd imagine for a lot of schools, you're not trying to necessarily find a starter in the portal in May. If you are, then that group is probably well behind. Uh, but yeah, valuable depth, making sure you have two deep everywhere. Because, you know, as Justin said, it's probably not the best idea to just assume those guys will be healthy every single game for the whole year. Now, you know, you can have certain position groups that get saved and, and are available all year, but. You never know, and the last thing you want to do is go into the the year thinking you have two or three really good guys, and you have one of them available for half the season. So, yeah, depth there, I think, continue with the offensive line and that sort of thing. But but again, I wouldn't expect to find someone that's just going to be a big time starter for you. Now there might be a few out there. Uh, you never know that that could start somewhere else, but. Uh, really, at this point, I feel like you're looking at at, at depth and, and trying to make sure your two deep's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that altogether the transfer portal, except for a few guys that are you know extra special that jump in the transfer portal, i.e. Uh, Caleb uh, Caleb Williams in this past year, or a Zach Calzada if you're Auburn's uh, in in Auburn's world. But there's not a lot of guys that are jumping in that transfer portal that you are necessarily. Uh, on football looking at as starters uh, all together. Like I said, there's a few guys that jump in there that you say, yes, I want him, we need him as a starter. But overall, you you know, you really still want your starters to come from the recruiting cycle and uh, coming out of high school so you can build a football team the last – uh, you know, a few years. You don't want to have to continue. It's the same, like Auburn has gotten in the last few years with uh, under when Gus Malzahn was here, you were trying to piece together an offensive line with uh, with transfer guys, and that's not how you build a cohesive offensive line. You've got to build it from, from the high school rankings and have them play together for a few years. They are, you know, the transfer portal is really, really good to find pieces, to find depth pieces to come in and be able to not necessarily start but put in good minutes uh, on the field and putting good downs in the field because like you said and like Justin said um, you can't expect all those starters to be healthy 100% of the games all year long we've reached the end of hour number two of sports call today when we come back we'll have the third and final hour of our program Britt Bowen from the Auburn Sports Network 
set to join us in studio. A nightly TV guide's coming up and a whole lot more. Alongside Ryan Lavoy and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Ryan Lavoy and Brooks Childress. Britt Bowen set to join us here in the studio. Don't know why I'm saying it like that. It's just a lot of fun. I can't wait to see him in the studio. <laughs> you want to give it a try, Brooks? I mean, I just don't know why we're saying studio. <laughs> such emphasis. Heck yeah. All right. Well, that's where we're at as we uh, want to take your phone calls. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Before we do anything else, let's do this. We've already finished the first two hours of sports call today. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? It is time for our Daily Show Recap. Two hours in the books. Ryan, what all have we accomplished today, my friend? Well, today in the studio, uh, we've done a lot of things. We've had Justin Hokeson on on uh, on three sports. Had a great conversation with him. What? I mean, that was funny. <laughs> uh, we had Kevin Ives oh. on uh, you people on Twitter uh, talking about Auburn baseball and how they had a, a perfect week last week, five and zero, uh, and that was a good conversation. Had a couple phone calls as well, and uh, yeah, we've just been chilling. We're ready for Brett Bowen to join us here in just a little bit, too. Uh, I'm, I'm chuckling because we did chat with Kevin Ives at AUPPL on Twitter, and you just audibly said AU people, and I've never heard it said that way. Because we've it always, the point across, yeah. We've always just said the letters in consecutive order, but in AU case you know what, what it is. For, <laughs> right, if you wanted to abbreviate it. Oh, that's great. All right, so as we continue to move forward here with the program, we've got our great sports movie bracket that's out there right now. And can you believe it? We started with 64 movies, and now we're down all the way to eight. Yeah, we got 56 losers so far. And, uh, well, I mean, look, it it is... uh, Someone's got to lose, or everyone's going to lose except for one in this bracket. It does not mean there's only one worthy movie. Uh, but you, like you said, we're down the Elite Eight. We've got four matchups. I, th- 
I don't know. I don't know. I think my favorite movie's already out. Uh, personally, I got to pull back up the bracket. Uh, and yes, I've already voted on the Elite Eight, and I forgot what I voted on. So uh, don't mind me. Elite but Eight matchups: Moneyball versus the Karate Kid, A League of Their Own versus the 1974 version of The Longest Yard, Rocky versus Major League, and then Sandlot versus Remember the Titans. Yeah, I think Caddyshack's my favorite, so it's out. Um, I will say though, um, there's still a couple in there that would definitely be in my top five. Like uh, like Major League's in my top five. And Moneyball is really good. Don't have to be in the top five, but uh, are you, uh, JJ? Are you pleased with the with the Elite Eight? I'm like, no. Maybe. I'm okay. Yeah. I, the the toughest matchup for me in the Elite I know Eight Mighty is, Ducks didn't make it. Remember but. the Titans versus Sandlot, and I did love the Mighty Ducks. I haven't <laughs> yeah. talked about that on this program, but that was a great movie. Charlie Conway, and he, the actor of Charlie Conway in the Mighty Ducks, is Joshua Jackson. Of Dawson's Creek uh-huh. fame, so of course I like that movie, but uh, yeah, no, I'm taken aback a little bit by by uh, some of the movies that have been ousted already. The the voting's pretty close thus far on the four. The only one that's kind of getting away a little bit is League of Their Own up on the longest yard, sixty two thirty eight percent. Yeah, I, I I am I feeling a League of Their Own is going to win. Um, maybe is there just like a an internet tribe that loves to uh, loves a, to find a League of Their Own everywhere and I mean, wants to. It's a sports sway movie all the votes featuring Tom Hanks. I don't know how you could go wrong. Yeah, no, there's a lot. It's there. it's a really good one. I I I'd be a little disappointed if that's the one that wins the all, number one movie. Though I feel like I feel like there's a few more classics other than that that are a little bit bigger. But just my opinion of it. But yeah, all the race is still pretty close, and they're open for nine hours. <laughs> 40 minutes, which I read this when we were hosting the other week, and I'll just reiterate this. A very arbitrary time, roughly, I don't know, what's that going to be, two-something in the morning? <laughs> that, yeah, last, that time was, last time it was it was 10.40 p.m. that night. Whatever whatever round it was, it was voting in started at 10.40 p.m. Right. And Is it a, that they're put on there for 12 hours? I put and a 12-hour okay. pull out there, and I'm consistent every single time. There you go. So, so if you stay up late, you have till 2 a.m. Sorry for me out there a little so. bit later. But, uh, yeah, we'll have the final four results for you on tomorrow's program. We'll talk a little bit more about this and other things with our good buddy Britt Bowen, who joins us in just a moment. Let's take our first time out of hour number three on the program here. And when we come back, we've got more of Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM. Time out. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Moving along, back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, J.J. Jackson, Brooks Childress, Ryan LaVoy inside the studio, and Britt Bowen is here with us, one of our good buddies from the Auburn Sports Network. Hey, Britt. 
Well, it's good, guys. It's always a great day when you're in person, in studio, and able to chat with us. It's been a minute. It yeah. has been a minute yeah. since we've had this opportunity. And for your convenience, I'm here picking up equipment <laughs> yeah. today. We're trading off equipment. Yes. And you're like, hey, come be on the radio show. And I said, you know what? I can hang out with Ryan Scott Lavoy, Brooks Monroe Childress. Why not? Why not you know? come by? Yeah. Why not? It's an easy decision to make to be able to spend some time with us. Brooks, are you excited to see Britt? Absolutely. All okay. the time. Things good between you two? Sometimes I get to hear his voice, but I never get to see his face when I'm board hopping softball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same. And and I, I, I will say, I, I think Mr. Lavoie's record is a little better than yours uh, on I'm the board a, this year. I don't know why y'all keep scheduling me for board hopping, because I'm just a bad omen. It, it hasn't gone well, at least when, when Brooks and I work together. When you two are paired. And, yeah. and, and I love Brooks. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's always good camaraderie, you know, right. good jokes back and forth. Did you have any women's basketball wins this season? In the non-conference, yes. Okay. Did you I have think. Georgia Tech? No, I did not have the Georgia Tech. I one. had Georgia Tech. All right. What, what about what about you? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> Probably not. I know I did the SEC tournament loss. That was a heartbreaker. Uh, I, I it, it took me a good twenty-four hours to get over that one, just because we were so close. Right. Seven in a row to Alabama. That doesn't sit well with me right. in any sport, and. Uh, I think I took that harder than most people right. did, but it's okay. it's okay. I remember, I know I did the, the game that Auburn had Florida late up, like five. J.J. Or, was calling that game I, in Gainesville. Yeah, remember oh, that? Yeah. In Gainesville. Yeah. J.J. filled in that night. I think I had that one. You did. I, yeah. You did. But I will say, nobody is funnier in the studio than Mr. LaVoy. He, he's always got good tidbits. <laughs> And he, he, he always t- seems to make my color partner laugh <laughs> mid-broadcast, you know? So Did you know uncanny. that uh, they're well, shooting 27% <laughs> in their last nine shot attempts yeah. or something? And he's always got some good commentary on hot dogs yeah, and Yeah, let's things. bring this story to real life. <laughs> to uh, real life. It, or to let's the show. Not, let's not. Okay, fine. I'm let's kidding. I'm, you're the host. You're the host. Well, Britt and I are calling some happy. Auburn softball together. Ryan Lavoy is back in the studio, and amazed at some of the things i don't know why i was saying some of the things that i was saying and then you make it a mission to fire off some hilarious text messages and you like you know me well hang hang on let's put some perspective on this jj we somehow go off on a tangent on ballpark food which is not uncommon Right, right for announcers to do well, JJ gets honed in on the subject of hot dogs <laughs> and how much he loves hot dogs. And bear in mind, it goes on for two innings. <laughs> yeah. He does not stop talking about hot dogs for two innings. And how he had that much to say about hot dogs, <laughs> I will well, never know. I know he loves hot dogs because he does talk about them. But I was just trying to tell you guys that he was acting like a fraud because he always gets the nachos <laughs> yeah. every single yeah. time. And he never gets the Kaneka hot dog. And, it, and it's a Kaneka hot Have you ever had a Kaneka hot dog? Yes. Yes. Go ahead because and defend Brooks and say it's a little overrated. Go ahead. Yeah, go Get ahead. It. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. Hey, hey, you you know I'm a 251 guy, too. You Can said can... offend Brooks, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. at first I heard that as defend Brooks. No. But it would hurt his feelings if He's I were to say Kineca that it was supporter. overrated. Connected yeah. dogs are made 25 minutes from, from my home, from my parents' yeah. home where I grew up. I just, so, I'm a big nacho guy. I Me too, but... Because there have been days before where hot dogs haven't been available. And so then you just get into a routine where it's like, I'm, I'm going to have nachos. I'm like three for three on getting hot dogs. I don't know why they're not available well, for keep you. Well, yeah. keep that up then. But I'm, I've had some days where they weren't available. I've also had some days where I've gotten two of them. Jeez. 
All right. Because they're great. Look, I, I've got a question for you guys. So, so we so we're in the middle of what sports movie debates. Yes, because I was going to bring I, you a part of this. I, I, I'm a loyal follower on Twitter. Yes, you know I, I keep up. I listen when I can. <laughs> you know, have we done ballpark food before? Ooh. That's not the direction I thought you were going, but we have not. We have not. I saw this I'm somewhere on the internet recently. JJ's going to be wild and exclude Cracker Jacks. Uh, but we could. Those are so <laughs> overrated. Wow. <laughs> so unbelievably overrated. That's You seem oh. like a Cracker Jack guy, Brooks. I do like Although Cracker I've Jacks. never seen you get them before. And yeah, those are overrated. When have you been with me to get Cracker Jacks? Anywhere? I've been to a couple of ball games with you. Well, it's not number one on my list. Right. But like, I but would, st- I still, enjoy- if you were to offer me a box right now, I'd take it and eat it. Uh, yuck. <laughs> yuck. We'll have to do that, though, sometime. What do you think of our great sports movie bracket? We're going to the Elite Eight. Man, what, what do you I, think so far? N- not, were you upset by the seating? N- no, not a ton. You were also I, a part I, of the seating two and a half years ago. Yeah, it just took us well, two and a half years we, to put it together. So I noticed that, okay, and I was like, "Haven't I done this before?" As I was, <laughs> as I was reading, it's just I was never like, haven't been I re- published. <laughs> haven't I read this before? I will say, and we also have the great Austin Scott who put this in a visual format. Well, who you enjoy hanging out with without me? Well, we're great friends. Yeah. We're, we're actually going to dinner later this evening. Oh but anyways, no! <laughs> big fan of the right side of the bracket. Rocky against Major League. Man, that's tough. Sandlot against Remember the Titans. That's the toughest that's, matchup that's in the history childhood. of the That's my childhood right there. And you're making me choose. <laughs> yeah. And then the left side's okay. I'm taking the Karate Kid over Moneyball. You're just talking overall film quality, um, the storyline. I'm taking the Karate Kid, you know, uh, Mr. Miyagi. But a league of their own, longest yard, that, that one's tough. That one's tough. You're not going to like my answer, JJ, on this one. I you know I I can't go against Burt Reynolds personally in the longest yard the 1974 version of course the original not the Adam Sandler version I think their own was good but I I, I think the longest yard it, you know again talking overall film quality sports quality I, I I like the longest yard better and two it's I don't know I, I, as much as I want to believe a kid can manage a major league baseball team you know again good fantasy but. Overall storyline, I've got a good longest yard. I don't know that uh, I've seen either of the longest yards. Really? Either of them? I would have thought you had seen the second one. Nope. Either of them. Well, look, yeah. The, the second one's a, a mainstay on the Nightly TV Guide, too. It yeah. is. I mean, it's, an, it's Adam Sandler. Look, it's not Is he Matt, the quarterback? Yes. Yep. A lot of cameos in it. it it's Paul funny. It, it, there's some. There's have some, you seen that movie, actually? Or you? I don't. I feel like you haven't seen it. Why would yeah. you question him on that? Okay. Uh, out of anybody in Nelly? the studio. Nelly's the running back. Wait, so a Longest Yard is playing a league of their own. Correct. Right. But the okay. original Longest Yard. Right. You, and a league of their own, what's that one? That's that's the one where the, I can't remember the kid's name, but his grandfather is no, the... No, 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 no. That's no. Little Big League. Yeah. No, that's oh, Little Big League. A league of their own, never mind. No, this is about the... Isn't that the women's this, baseball yeah. team? Yeah. Tom women's, Hanks. Women's baseball league, Tom Hanks. Okay, totally Does, different. T- pause. Totally different. I apologize. And pause, because that's going to alter everything. It will. Actually, you go ahead. Play. <laughs> wow, that, that's <laughs> such a great movie, too, based on a true story. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Because I always forget about him. I'm just in the corner. Um, I'm just taking up space. Hey, hang on, hang Tom on. Hanks is the one that he really likes, right? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, favorite actor. Okay. Oh, yeah. Have you seen A, a League of Their Own? Absolutely. Have okay. you really? Yeah. <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. Yeah. That comes from that movie? Yeah. Oh, you okay. didn't know that? Actually, I think I did. I think I, I forgot Bruce about it. Bruce has said it a couple of times in recent weeks, so okay. ho- hopefully you've heard Brooks one of these times. I'm just taking up space. <laughs> no. No, you you were, what, other guy of the year? Is that right? Other <laughs> the guy, guy of the year. year. The guy of the year. Yeah, <laughs> the guy of the year. I mean, that, you took home some hardware. You got to own it. That's big. I'm here defending my title. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so you have to pick one. Oh, that's that's tough. All right. Because it was long as short. You guys now, tell me who you're who you're wanting to win this whole thing. I'm Team Remember the Titans. Like I've officially the, put the flag mm. down. We're in the Elite Eight. You got eight movies to choose from. I'm Team Remember the Titans, and I hope the internet agrees with me. I want Major League to win. You want Major League to win? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I'm gonna go back to the childhood. I'm gonna say Sandlot. Okay. Yeah, I I'm will. Here's who I I I think I think Rocky will win because that's just one of those classics. I personally like Major League more than Rocky. Both great movies. Sandlot, Remember the Titans, you nailed it. Hardest one to choose from. Remember the Titans is so powerful, just for it, based great on story. a based on a true story. High school football, like it, everything great. you could want. Denzel Washington. But when I see Sandlot, it just reminds me as my, myself as a little kid in the summer. I mean that that's what we true. all wanted our summers to be, right? And I've got to go Sandlot. It's just something. It's just something. Something about that movie that brings me back to my childhood. And that and the childhood is so important, right? Because I have vivid memories of growing up in Asheville, North Carolina, at Nana's house, Nana and Papa's house in the summer. And Chubb striking you out. Yeah. It, well, <laughs> we didn't have to go that far. I'm sorry. But I have vivid memories of just dreaming about we're going to put a fence in this yard and it's going to be a home run fence and i'm going to turn the yard into a baseball stadium and i'm like i'm going to do it i don't know how i'm going to do it i'm going to do it and that was the best dream i ever had and it never came true well it's like backyard baseball the video game that 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 came out you've got to find a way to make the yard i mean you got to make a ballpark in your backyard when we did thunder chickens practice Uh uh-huh at the smaller field uh (laughs) near auburn high did yes. you get? Did you hit one over that fence? Never did. Okay, right. but I almost All did. Right. All right, two, I hit the wall. Two thunder chicken points for those that don't know. That was the the softball team. Oh, we discussed this on yesterday's show. Okay, good for for our new listeners today. Right. That was the softball team that JJ assembled last year, the city, in the in the rec league in, at, in the city of Auburn. Number one, I found my thunder chicken shirt yesterday and proudly threw it out as oh. I was making make it oh. as I was proudly making space in my drawer. I I, I just couldn't. I was going through all my options. It, it just didn't make the cut. Number two, can I formally propose that we don't do softball this year? I, I, I think in kickball, even if we lose, you go down with a little more dignity. You know you're not going up against college baseball players, former college baseball players. It, 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 it's my official take on the Thunder Chicken. My official take is that both happen because we've had a lot of softball discussions lately, and I was going to have these guys ask you an important question. Which was? If you would be renewing your contract going into this upcoming season. I might be a third base coach, you know? (laughs) Um, That's fair. Because I'm going to tell you, like, what what, what was our closest deficit last summer? I don't remember. We had that one game where JJ got incredibly mad at the umpire for the... That's the FaceTime I wanted to have earlier. Okay, calling time before it was actually time. 
I think we lost that one by four, I want to say. We led that one early. Were yeah. you at that game? And I don't think so. I don't think so um, either. So. And they called time after like 50 it, minutes. supposed to be an hour. It was like me that. and my worst state ever. I mean. Because I mean, cause we were frustrated because it's just like we're having a truly competitive game here. Well, and you're and, trying to get us off the field yeah. before the time limit. So it was debatable at the time. Was Actually, I was there. I was there. JJ, I was psychotic. I had to put. <laughs> I do remember this. I had to push JJ in the right field and to say, "Hey, let's, yeah. let's reel it in." JJ doesn't get mad ever. Right. I've never seen the guy get mad. That was the maddest I think I've ever seen JJ. Yeah. You, I remember you and Trevon really being there to. Well, because and that guy was also the home plate umpire in that game, and I think jj speaking for jj i think he was already a little frustrated at the strike zone too very much so so it was it was we not a long night. It, it was boy it was simmering it was it was coming <laughs> yeah I, I didn't have a good ending to that game either but it's fine um let's yeah <laughs> let's uh let's transition thunder chicken softball into auburn softball i think that's a little bit more important what probably. a transition there <laughs> yeah i'm sure the <laughs> listeners were like thank god uh, i know the, i am the auburn tigers are known this season for absolutely hitting Home run after home run after home run. The exact opposite of the Thunder Chickens. But but similar to teams playing the Thunder Chickens. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yes. Ouch. That was good. You weren't always pitcher. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. We had a second pitcher, too. That was still home runs flying. There's no other feeling than standing helplessly in the outfield watching that ball sail over your head, and there's nothing you can do about it. The first 12 times I went back to the wall just to see – Time 13, though, I just kind of stood there like I was watching a moth fly by or a butterfly or That's something. That's why I was so, a, a DH only. I, I, I had nothing to offer on defense. <laughs> Britt, I had the opportunity to experience something that you have experienced before, and I haven't even I haven't even spoke to you about this just yet. Uh, but with Auburn softball, the travels that you and I are afforded, the opportunity to truly feel like you're a part of the team, I have heard stories of you in this setting prior and i got to experience it for the first time this past weekend in starkville on thursday where we went to practice and i got one of the ga's left-handed gloves and myself and sam sears the dietitian went out and we shagged in the outfield for bp and let me tell you every ball it felt like was sailing over my head and over the fence and i had no chance i've got a couple of questions. Number one, well, one's not a question. It's just a blanket statement. I know Sam caught more balls. Is that he fair did. to say? He absolutely right. did, yes. All right. No, number two, shout out to Sam. Number two, how'd the knee hold up? <laughs> no, no, that, that's, a genuine, that's a genuine question. Thank you for asking. How did the knee hold up? Thank because... you for asking. I didn't move as much. Okay. Uh, because it wasn't just Sam and I. There were a couple of others, some players. You know, like it, it was just the outfield got a little crowded, so you're not having to move side to side as much. It's like, oh, ball goes more to my left. Okay, you got it. Goes over yeah. to the right. You know, like uh, so, it so, held up okay. So so Coach Dean is not recruiting you to his summer softball I hope team. so. I hope he would, but I don't think can he you Can you guys see – you know how they always have those little kids at the All-Star <laughs> Game yes. home run? I can see J.J. as the biggest kid there because oh, yes. he's two or three years older, and he's just like throwing elbows trying to get to but the also, ball. But also, I could see that I could see the younger kids just running circles around him and, and making the catch, though. You know, I, I, I could see that scenario, too. Uh, what do you like about this Auburn team? 9-9 nine and nine in the SEC Big Series, one against Mississippi State, only six SEC games left. 
What I like about this team is this is cliche, but from just from what we've seen in years past, and and I don't mean this to be a cliche, but this team does not quit when even the games that you know they've had a couple games in SEC play that just didn't go their way. They always find a way to bounce back, set the reset button, and understand that this season is a marathon. You have to have that mentality in this league. And we knew going into last weekend, Mississippi State was huge. Because Mississippi State was a series, in my opinion, on paper, the Bulldogs. I mean, things would have went their way on Saturday. They they could have won that series two out of three. And I thought this was a must-win series for Auburn, especially when you're talking – postseason implications now Auburn's still got a lot of work to do I think with to get in the conversation to host but they played their way into another weekend to where they're still in my in my eyes they're still technically playing I think they have to win both series the the, the, these final two weeks to be in that conversation but they they put themselves in that position at least for one more week and and also too with this team a lot of players stand out to me just with how the, the lineup shifted Again, just the grit. and Some of these players, Lindsey Garcia, Matty Penta, Aspen Godwin, I mean, they've just been, they've just been the steady players for this team. Bree Ellis, another one who, who no matter how much the lineup is changing, the team doesn't get too high, they, they don't get too low. And Coach Dean's talked about it all year, about kids rooting for their teammates. There's been – J.J., you look at the roster – Nearly the entire roster has been in the starting lineup at some point, except for maybe a small a handful of players. And, and I'm talking about in mid to late April. There, there. I mean, we saw, we saw, you saw changes last weekend in Starkville, and it, that, that doesn't seem to be affecting yeah. the dugout. Now, I think that what I don't like is how much the injuries, how much one injury I think has impacted and shifted the lineup so much. It, it was a. Sh- it was a one injury and a change that I, I didn't realize the impact that it had when it currently happened in Denver Bryant. But I, I'm proud of the way this team has continued to fight back and, and I think starting to find their identity with this new lineup, with this new rotation. You and I talked just talked off the air. If they can get healthy, if they can get another player too healthy down the stretch, yeah, I, I think – I think they could surprise some people. Already two more SEC wins than they had a year ago, and again, six games left in the conference before the SEC tournament. Prior to this season, and last season Auburn only had 22 home runs as an entire team. Prior to this season, only one player as a freshman ever had double-digit home runs for the Auburn Tigers, and that was Casey Cooper, who is a legend and outstanding in her own right. Auburn now has two this season. Brie Ellis, who has tied her record, and then also on Sunday, Nelia Peralta hit her 10th of the year. Yeah. Jesse Blaine has eight on the seat. I mean, this team is so young, and these players are contributing right away. Well, and, and that's what gives you so much hope, not just for the next month, but also for the future. And, and I'm not one to, hey, always look ahead next year the, and, and so forth and so on, but you gotta, you can't help but think, man... What if this team this year was 100% healthy? How good they could sure. be. Imagine, all right, you have another top 10 recruiting class coming in in the fall. How much better they can be next year with those pieces if you get them in and develop. Because think about how much this freshman class has developed already. Think about how much 
the upperclassmen ha- has gotten better this offseason. I mean, you, you'd like to think that trend is going to continue. And, you know, you look at the roster top to bottom, at, at least of, of the starting lineup. I mean, you have one senior that you're losing to graduation in Aspen Godwin. And, 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 and Aspen, yeah, I mean, her bat will be a loss. But for the first time in, in what, I, what feels like a while, at least at that position, you have depth with Aubrey Lizenby and then Jesse Blaine. So yep. um, it's incredible. It, it's it's a freshman class that, honestly, it, it, it reminds me of that Emily Carasoni freshman class in, in 2013 with how much talent was in that class with, I believe, Tiffany Howard, Jade Rhodes. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing somebody. Um, but, but that's the class that – that this class reminds me of just in terms of overall talent and, and what they mean to the team. Well, and I look at the opportunity Auburn softball has in front of itself, and we're talking about trying to host a regional with their two opponents that they're playing, Georgia and Tennessee, in the next two weekends. If you just look at the D1 softball top 25, and granted all these top 25s are still going to be pretty similar. So Auburn's 19 right now. Georgia is 16, and Tennessee is 13. Yeah. And why I talk about that is there's your opportunity to jump somebody and become a, a well, regional host. And that and that to me is is why I really wish Auburn could have gotten one more game either against Kentucky or either against Florida. That's why I think that game three, the Kentucky series, hurts so much. Not not just to lose the series, but you had a prime opportunity to take two out of three on the road against a team that will host this year. Same thing in Florida. You know, Florida Florida is a good team. That that's traditionally in, in, in the top ten. They're typically a top eight team hosting a super. So Auburn's got a chance at redemption. Now, I think the big part of that, JJ, you got you you got the best view out of anybody this past weekend from Auburn pitching. You know, what what was Auburn's strength the last couple years was as has turned into Auburn's lack of depth this year, just with the amount of of, of, of kids not being healthy. Right. And if Auburn pitching being healthy, I think moving forward this last month of the season is going to be, I think, the biggest indicator as to what this team can do in the month of May. That 2013 class for the Auburn Tigers, you said it. Tiffany Howard, Emily Carasoni, Jade Rhodes, Anna Gibbs, Kelsey Bogards, Marcy Harper, Lexi Davis. And you just mentioned two at the end. Lexi Davis and Marcy Harper. I mean, those two kids, I mean, Auburn Auburn's success, I mean, they were the staple. Yes, you added pieces. Kaylee Carlson, you added Michaela Martin, you added Rachel Walters in some of those World Series runs. But in 2014, what Maddie Pinta is doing right now for Auburn and what she had been doing reminds me of what Lexi Davis had to do in the Minnesota Regional in 2014. Uh, Auburn got up to Minneapolis um marcy harper um uh, experienced an injury of some sort i don't remember exactly what what the diagnosis was but auburn essentially had lexi and i believe jenna abbott available and i I may i may be wrong on jenna i know she pitched a little bit but auburn pretty much had one pitcher available for that regional they took minnesota to a winner take all regional championship with one pitcher essentially and one more arm that year you think what if and that's why kk Shelby, if Auburn can get one, if not both of them going, again, I, I, I think Auburn has the talent. Look, I, I don't know how far they can go. I just know head-to-head, 
they can scare some people. All right, we've got Auburn softball coming up this week. Tomorrow at Alabama State this weekend, taking on Georgia. Then they've got Tennessee for three games next week in Knoxville before the SEC tournament is played in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, what's on the docket for you tomorrow, Britt? I mean, you're, you're going to be calling a lot of Auburn softball. Tomorrow is, is, is a busy day. I know uh, shortly early afternoon I'll be stopping off at Tiger Communications to pick off my broadcast partner, Mr. Ryan Lavoy. Um, we will be trucking down um, I-85 to the capital city to Montgomery and um, a, a little interested to see what the, what the broadcast setup will be, which reminds me I'm going to ask you on, that, on the air now. I think we need to take a MiFi. Okay, we just, can make that happen. Just to ensure we get on the air. Brooks, can you help me remember that? I yeah, mean, he's yeah I got it. As well. All right, okay, all right, we're right. going to be good. Okay, I, I, I needed to say this Actually, now. Actually, let's forgotten. do that as right your, now. We as can your do key, this as your key behind the scenes, man. I'll make it we happen. Can, he's going to grab some equipment here, or we can. You want to just keep it here until tomorrow, and then get it tomorrow. Yes, let's do okay, that. Okay, let's I, just do I, that, and I, then I, I just I. I will make sure to throw the MiFi kit in there as well. We can make that happen. Britt, just don't lose it, or you're fired. Um, thank you, Brooks. Can I say one more thing? Yes. Please. Um, so, yeah, here tomorrow, 445, Tiger 95.9 FM, Brett Bowen, Ryan LaVoy. F- about a 45-minute car ride. Yes. Terrified of the awkward silence that could take place between you two. And I've already talked to him about this today. And my exact comment, or I'll change it from 15 to 10. I said, I plan, is it okay with if I talk to Britt 44 and a half minutes or so, but just on the front end and the back end, I just pause 10 seconds for station identification. <laughs> on the Auburn Sports <laughs> Network, you know? I mean... But other than that, other than those 10-second pauses, you guys will be able to talk to one another. I mean, I mean, should we should we tune into sports call just to make sure there's yeah, no awkward okay. silence? Should we, call into, should we call into sports call? <laughs> yeah, no, we, you know? uh, we can make many things um, happen. I mean, I, I hear there are a couple guys down in Troy that used to call in last yeah. spring. I haven't uh, heard from them I know, a little like, bit. They, they they need to call in again soon sometime yeah. too. So they uh, um, they might be making a comeback sometime soon, oh, Brooks but, and Ryan. but also we'll get Ryan to make us a playlist and we'll be Yeah, set. we'll be taken care of. All right. Let's take one more break and we wrap up the show after this. Again, that's Britt Bowen. He's been hanging out with us here in studio. You're listening to Sports Call Tiger 95.9. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Final few moments here of Sports Call today. Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson, Ryan LeBoy, and Brooks Childress. Thanks again to our buddy Britt Bowen of the Auburn Sports Network for hanging out with us here on the show today. A lot of fun to catch up with him. It's yeah. always like the last word before I take a pause that I, I think I add a little yeah, emphasis to. Yeah, that is to. something that you do. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just a, a little habit that you formed. <laughs> but we still love you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you guys are great. I did not expect this to uh, to go that way. Um, Nor so did yeah. we. <laughs> so yeah, tomorrow on the show, JG Tate from AuburnSports.com will stop by. We'll have a little bit of a shortened show 
as uh, we've got Auburn softball coming on the air. Tigers, Hornets, Auburn, Alabama State, Brett Bowen, Ryan LaVoy. I was in tune with you there, man. Yeah, yeah. 445 airtime and uh, a game that was rained out earlier this year. And good for, I mean, you know, Auburn baseball and Auburn softball have been able to reschedule those midweek games, you know, because Auburn had a couple rainouts both in baseball and softball, and I feel like they've been able to reschedule them. So you get the full complement of the games, and who knows, maybe tomorrow will be the day that Bree Ellis hits number 19. That's the big question. That tie. That's, That's the big be question. Bree Ellis bomb watch for yes. the rest of the season. Hashtag Bree bombs. Uh, she's a big fan of the Bree bomb saying and uh, has 18 of them on the year. 21 is the single season record, period, regardless of class or academic year, and that is very well within reach for Miss Ellis. So we'll see if she can get that done. Brooks, how do you feel about the softball team? I think they've done well this year. I mean, you look at, like it's already been said, I don't know how much more I can add to it. It's just it's the, the the hitting is such improved uh, from last year to this year. And then, you know, you kind of had the flip-flop this year in the pitching. Last year it was uh, Maddie Pinta started out really well, and then Shelby Lowe kind of took over as the, the main pitcher. And then this year it was kind of the same way as Shelby Lowe had a, had a pretty decent start, but then Maddie Pinta's really turned it on once you hit uh, the middle of that non-conference schedule and then into conference play, and she's became the uh, the workhorse of the starting pitching uh, for the Auburn Tigers. And I'll tell you what, it, it's going to be uh, – I, I agree with Britt, is if they can get – you know, you can get – more, you can get closer to being 100% healthy. They can they can su- surprise some teams in the SEC tournament and in the, in the uh, NCAA tournament. Auburn has already played Alabama State once this season at home at Jane B. Moore Field. They won 6-2. to two. Michaela Packer hit a home run on the very first pitch of the game in the bottom of the first. Ellis homered, Godwin homered, Peralta homered, all against Auburn, and they won 6-2. And K.K. Dismukes got the win in the circle pitching for the Tigers. Maddie Pinta also threw three innings, followed by the final four from KK Dismuke. So they'll play that game coming up tomorrow. Uh, Before we get out of here, how about we do a nightly TV guy, guys? How does that work? How about that? Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. So you asked how it works. So essentially what we do, JJ, just to refresh your memory, is we throw it over to Brooks, who creates these nightly TV guys. Austin Scott also does a great job with the graphical work behind them. And Brooks will read us a few movies and a few sporting events that will be what people should watch tonight. Okay. And it's sponsored by Coca-Cola. <laughs> do I say anything here, or when do I talk again? No, you just kind of throw it to Brooks. You say, Brooks, have at it. Brooks, have at and it. And then you, well, you do talk a little bit. You say, if I give you a movie, you say, I've never seen it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I can do that. All right, what's on TV tonight, Brooks? Right, your movie pick for the evening. I'm only giving you one tonight because there's enough sports to keep you occupied. 6 o'clock on AMC, starring Bradley Cooper. It's American Sniper. No. Nope. Phenomenal, phenomenal movie if you've never seen it, which JJ has not. I was really open that we would. Nope. I was really defeated. Nope. We'd be able to, you know, surprise the, the world and and have seen the movie, but can't say I have. But American Sniper's a phenomenal movie. I went and saw it in theaters. Great movie, just great movie. Sports for you tonight, six o'clock on ESPN. The NHL action continues as they hurdle toward a Stanley Cup playoffs here in a few weeks. Edmonton takes on Pittsburgh. The Penguins host the Oilers. Then at 6 o'clock on the uh, ESPN Can I Plus. say a hockey yeah. thought for a go second? Ahead. One, the Hurricanes are really good this year. Uh, Lightning trying to go for the three-peat. The Panthers are really good this year, too. Panthers really good. Uh, did you guys see the clip of the Bruins player um, a few nights ago over the weekend who had a penalty shot 
and uh, started to run and overran the puck. Oh, no. I did not see that. That sounds great. Overran the puck, then had to go back (laughs) and get the puck, and then come back and still score. Oh. Well, at least he scored and made up for it. Yeah. Just, you know, they leave the puck at center ice, and you can walk up to it, approach it, grab it with your stick and go, and yeah, just ran straight by it. Well, if he hadn't scored, it would have been surefire, not (laughs) top 10, but maybe he avoided that. Anyway, 6 o'clock ESPN Plus tonight, the number 19 Auburn baseball team back in action, putting their six-game winning streak to the test as they visit the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. That's at 6 o'clock ESPN Plus. Also, it is currently on right now on our sister station, FM Talk 93.9, with the pregame show, or the leadoff show. Uh, 620 on Bally Sports South, the Atlanta Braves back in action, trying to win their first series of the year as they host the Chicago Cubs. Max Freed's on the bump tonight for the Braves. So they go up against Jason Hayward and the Cubs. 6.30 on TBS, also Major League Baseball action. New York Mets, off to a red-hot start, take on the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. Bob Costas on the call on the TBS broadcast tonight. Fascinating package to have Tuesday night baseball on TBS. For years, yeah. Sunday. I don't think it is. I don't, I don't know. It's too early to tell if they're going to do any Sundays, but fascinating to do Tuesday. Outro music playing here. What do I do? Yeah. Uh, you say That's our thank nightly you TV for... Guy saying the words and having the people on and, and then you say the thank you and good day let me just try it okay all right, all right. uh that's our nightly tv guide brought to you by our friends over at coca-cola ryan and brooks thank you guys for being here enjoyed it man had a lot of fun certainly appreciate having you guys in studio with me thank you again to kevin ives justin hokinson and Britt bowen for stopping by to be a part of our program for ryan lavoy and brooks childress my name is jj jackson thank you and good day